Hey there guys, and welcome back to the Travis and Damien Podcast, episode 96. We're available on anchor.fm slash Travis Damien Podcast, along with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. First, we're going to talk about everything at D23. Then we'll briefly head into our recent activities in gaming and anime. Afterwards, we'll head into the general news, including GTA 6 leaks, Twitch drama, and video game Donkey. Next, our thoughts on She-Hulk episodes 5 and 6. Furthermore, our thoughts on Andor episodes 1 to 3. Lastly, our discussion on the State of Play and Nintendo Direct. So, before we get started, I just want to make a quick shout out to my bootleg anime clothing brand, Shonen Supply Co. Uh, we have a 50% off sale going on right now. This shirt that I'm wearing right now is representing Nekoma. We have Haikyuu. Hunter Hunter, Demon Slayer. I should, I should have worn, I should have worn <laughs> Maybe I should have told you to wear one. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, so everything's, everything's going to be 50% off for the next week or two. I forget exactly how long me, me and my brother discussed it. But yeah, uh, everything ships next day. I pack it personally, so, uh, and I'm very much, uh, you know, trying to compete with Amazon out here with their next day shipping. So, uh, yeah, if you buy something, you will get it the next uh, business day shipped out. So, anyways, let's head into the D23 uh news so first they did some live action stuff uh including the little mermaid trailer which obviously, which obviously sparked a lot of controversy unfortunately uh yeah. because uh america's just racist and people are just fucking assholes in general um but <laughs> it's like the dumbest job it went off for so long too <laughs> yeah and i think that you know there are things you can gripe about this trailer in particular for example you know i feel like most of the live action uh, disney movies in general just don't land well because they're in live action and i feel like the reason why they're so charming and so timeless is because uh the originals were just so good so when you're remaking yeah. it into a different not medium but in a different way making it live action can be a little iffy uh, I think that the one screenshot that people are pointing at where she's like underwater and it looks very gray and dark, I agree with. I think that there should be a lot more color because this is, you know, a fucking, fucking cartoon that we're talking about here that we're adapting into live action. So a little more color, a little more, I guess, vibrance, bright uh, lights and stuff like that can can make the movie look better. But obviously how the movie is actually going to be, who knows? Yeah, I like, you know, I don't know if the movie's going to like be good because most of the live action <laughs> movies aren't very good but you know i think the whole debate whether like oh she's black like i don't know like i don't think that really matters mm-hmm. like you know I, I agree with some other things that like, oh, maybe it looks too dark and stuff like i, I do agree with that like you know I, I feel that's the same way with any of the disney like live action remakes they just look like I, I feel like they're missing the point like, mm-hmm. i feel like making them realistic like takes away a lot of the magic from those movies to begin with since they're supposed to be like exaggerated and stuff but you know, I think most of the discourse is coming because of the actress, and I think that's just dumb. <laughs> I, I I just think it's like the dumbest drama, and like people have been t- well, people were talking about it for like at least a week. It was like just shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> so it really isn't that big of a deal. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that. I mean, I, I'm currently taking a class about like race and media and stuff like that, and I've taken other classes in my in my college about racism and shit like that. So, you know, when you see uh, sort of people of color stepping into the limelight and taking over and a role that was previously seen as you know a white person it's like oh what the fuck's going on here but like you know if you do it the other way around obviously people are are going to be upset too just because it's like people of color have been suppressed in america for so many years you know uh, uh, america was literally built on on slavery and shit like that so um you know not to go too off here but you know just like, I think to open up with it. <laughs> just let just let people 
have the representation because I think that there was a TikTok video with like a little girl who's black and she was like very emotional and just like very happy to see that, you know, someone that looks like her is in a movie like The Little Mermaid. And I think that representation is very important. I think that that's why I love Miles Morales as Spider-Man because like it doesn't matter who you are, what color you are, whatever shit like that. Anyone can be Spider-Man. And, and Miles Morales really, I guess, echoes that even more. Because, you know, Peter Parker's a fucking white boy. So, you know, <laughs> seeing Miles Morales, you know, as a person of color, and he's also half Latino as well. So that just makes it yeah. even better. Yeah. So basically, like, just don't be racist. <laughs> <laughs> that is like, the short of it. That, that's about it. Just, like, you know, be civil. I know this happens all the time now. Just, like, <laughs> please, just get over it. Like, <laughs> please. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, um, with all that out of the way, because that, that was a whole discussion, uh, we got some more D23 stuff. We got a Black Panther and Captain America World War II game. So this was kind of weird, right? So mm-hmm. um, I didn't know what this was supposed to be at first, and I saw, like, I, I knew it was going to be some Captain America related, because I'm like, okay, like, you know, you hear, like, the music and, like, old-timey stuff. And mm-hmm. then I think you see, like, a, like a thing of Black Panther. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> so um, <laughs> it, it, it seems like it's going to be a very interesting thing. I, I, don't, I don't think we really know what this is supposed to be, besides, like, it's a triple-A game. So yeah. we don't know if it's going to be, like, you know... I uh, think they've said that they've or... compared it to Uncharted. Oh, okay. So it's going to be more of a story-driven, like, mm-hmm. linear type affair. So that's good. Like, I actually really like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was sort of like that as well. So if they could do something like that, um, that'd be really cool. Uh, obviously, it needs, like, good writing and stuff to, like, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like those games really rely on writing more than anything. Yeah. So um, if they get, like, some good stories, some good set pieces, I think it could be pretty good. Uh, again, kind of a weird mix of Captain America and Black Panther. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, but uh, that seems really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there have been comic books of those two characters crossing over. I actually bought a Captain America Black Panther comic. I haven't read it yet, but, you know, I bought it because I was like, that seems like a very cool concept, you know, them sort of teaming up. They might pull elements from that comic, who, who knows, but I think that this game in particular can do very, very well. Like you said, with Guardians of the Galaxy sort of being that action adventure game with the guardians i think that if you do that with captain america and black panther and you sort of take control of those two along with two other characters that they've teased as well um and just make it something similar to uncharted like a action adventure game with combat that is rewarding enough that'll keep players engaged um i remember playing the captain america game that was based on the first one in the mcu and that one blatantly copied the batman arkham style of gameplay but it worked. I honestly kind of like the game. It is very much a six, seven out of ten game, but for what it is, I liked it. Um, and I think that if they can emulate that for this game, obviously make it better, have a pretty good story, compelling story enough to keep people that only watch the MCU engaged, I think that this can do very, very well. Yeah, I'm just happy we're kind of moving away from like the you know the Avengers stuff, like with the you know the Square Enix one, where it's like oh, it's like a life service type game. Like I think. Mm-hmm. Marvel characters fit more with these, like, more linear sort of affairs, I guess. Like, obviously, some heroes match an open-world setting more, like Spider-Man. But I think things like Captain America and, like, Black Panther, I think this is the right choice for it. So, uh, definitely looking forward to that. And just seeing how they play. Like, I think Captain America is always going to be fun to play with his shield. And Mm -hmm. I think Black Panther could be a fun character with all the crazy stuff he could do. So, yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to that. If if it's as good as, like, some, like, Spider-Man or Guardians, then, yeah, I would be pretty excited for this. Yeah, and the fact that... Um, 
fuck, I forgot exactly. Oh, the uh, setting. The setting being World War II, I think that that makes it yeah. also very interesting. Sort of, you know, having a, I guess, fiction, you know, World War II setting that can be pretty cool, you know, fighting Hitler and shit like that. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see how <laughs> that goes. Was Hydra, like, with Hitler? Did Nazis exist? They did, right? In, yeah, in because Marvel? I think, I mean, I could be wrong here, but I think the history I, like, of Captain America is that, like, they created that character to sort of do like propaganda to like show him like fighting Hitler. I think that there's like, you know, that photo of him punching Hitler and shit right. like that. So that's probably part of it. So maybe, maybe, maybe that'll be in the game. Who knows? <laughs> but obviously I could be wrong there. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not a fucking history buff here. Um, <laughs> despite my tangent earlier. Anyways, uh, we got some animation projects that they announced, uh, some Pixar stuff. So they announced Elemental, Win or Lose, Elio, and Inside Out 2, and then Disney's Utopia Plus, Strange World, and Wish. So, yeah, I mean, I think Strange World is actually coming out very soon, which yeah. is a little surprising. I think that that one has, uh, what's the goddamn actor that doesn't shower and he played... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal, right, right, oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, he's gonna be in that movie. Um, I'm not exactly sure how well that's gonna do. I don't think we've seen a trailer for it yet, uh, but we do have a screenshot here in the article that they posted. So, um, can be interesting, can be weird, can be fun. Who knows? Yeah, I actually like the um, sort of like the look of it. Like it's very uh, mm -hmm. so like a yeah strange world. <laughs> you know, like, I really do like the uh, just the backgrounds and stuff. It looks really nice. Um, yeah, then Elementals is sort of like the next thing they kept teasing. Everyone was making fun of it because of the um, that one cool math game with the <laughs> the water water girl and the fire boy. Yeah, it's like that. Also, the dude looks like Os Osmosis Jones. So. He does look like a beta Osmosis Jones, which which is really funny. Uh, mm -hmm. But it looks like it could be interesting. You know, it's gonna do the whole probably like they like each other but they conflict or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, this from, because this from because of who they are so. and how they look, and you know maybe they could. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but win or lose, I think that that's going to be like a Disney Plus series. Yeah, that's going to be a Disney Plus thing. That, that's interesting. I don't think... Uh, well, okay. Pixar has put things on Disney Plus, but that was not because they wanted to. <laughs> that was because Disney put it there. Yeah. So, um, you know, like things like um, uh, Soul. Like Soul was like on Disney Plus, but that was because Disney forced them to. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks like this is going to be their first like actual show they've ever made. Like mm -hmm. them themselves. Um, so that's really cool. I wonder how that's going to work out in like uh, in this scale because you know most animation that goes to uh, to a series obviously has lower quality animation, but this looks like it looks like a Pixar movie. So um, mm -hmm. that's going to be interesting to see how that works. It's probably just going to be like how they would make shorts, like they would just do that yeah. maybe a little longer. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it's still pretty interesting. Also, it's kind of weird to see um, Pixar's like art style change so much. Like you know, I think mm -hmm. since like Turning Red, they, they've been using sort of this. Well, I guess Luca, I don't know. They just start using this art style more. Uh, if you could just see the pictures of them, like it's very like they're, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. They look meaty. Like, they're, 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 <laughs> they're a lot more, um, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. There's like more since, like, distinct character traits. Yeah. So that, that's pretty interesting to see that they're sticking to art. So I, I don't mind it. I know a lot of people don't like it as much, but I, I don't mm -hmm. mind it that much. Yeah, I think win or lose can be very good, uh, but also can be very bad. I'm not entirely sure just because, you know, when we, we don't often see movie animation studios go from a movie to a series kind of thing. Yeah. But obviously, this is fucking Disney we're talking about, so they can do whatever they want. So I wonder on how this one's going to perform. I think that the, the premise is interesting. 
uh, having a softball middle school team sort of, you know, train and compete and all that stuff. There can be a lot of funny moments because this is middle school softball we're talking about. So the stakes might not be that high as like a 23 year old talking here, but, um, <laughs> you know, I think I think that it can be a lot of fun, can have some goofy, silly moments. Yeah, I, mean, I, I enjoy turning red. So like, mm-hmm. it has like, more like that, I guess, like. I don't know. I, I want to call it relatable because they're like in middle school or whatever. <laughs> but like, but, you, you know, know like, you can see you, yourself being yeah. in that position kind of thing. Basically, you know, yeah. When you were younger. Um, Inside Out 2, I think, is going to be pretty cool. I really bing liked bong Inside Out 1. Yeah, <laughs> bing bong. <laughs> Motherfucker bing bong. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, the first one was pretty good. The sort of just like, I love the first one, yeah. Yeah, you know, having different emotions and shit like that. So I wonder how this one's going to handle it. Some people were making memes about like depression and like other like serious shit, uh, yeah. shit like that. You know, I was <laughs> like, they could do that, but also like that's kind of funny if they. Yeah, I mean, I, I think she's like a teenager now. So they yeah. have different emotions. So I don't know how they're going to handle that. Mm-hmm. That's going to be weird. Um, I mean,. I, I do think most Pixar sequels are pretty, like, not great. So yeah. I, I'm hoping this one does pretty well. I, I think the one I was most disappointed of was uh, Incredibles 2, because I mm-hmm. love Incredibles 1, and I felt there was so much more they could have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Incredibles 2 left me very, like, like lukewarm on it. So um, hopefully Inside Out, I love Inside Out 1 as well. So hopefully this could sort of capture that same energy the first one did but i guess we'll see when it comes out because again most pixar sequels really aren't that great only like toy Story is really able to like do it pretty well so yeah uh, i guess we'll see for this one mm-hmm. um but is there anything else oh wait there's one here that i that i didn't put down but i just couldn't pronounce it iwaju oh yeah, 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 yeah yeah i forgot to put that one down in the document but i just couldn't pronounce it as well. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry for butchering. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, these are these are the, the Disney animated studios ones. Yeah, um, and it's coming to Disney Plus. It's an all new original long form series in collaboration with Pan African uh, Comic Book Entertainment Company Kulaji. Again, butchering shit. <laughs> I I I I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, I, I can't. I yeah. am Mexican. <laughs> Uh, a long form series on Disney Plus. I don't know what, what that exactly means or entails. Whether that just is just like a series of just like episodes and stuff, just like with Winner Lose. Because I don't think they described that one as a long form series, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like I think, yeah, that's going to be a show then, right? Long form? Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why they don't just say like show. <laughs> Maybe they want to be more artsy about it. Also, I'm mistaken. Strange World was is Disney, not Pixar. I think I said it was Pixar. Never mind. <laughs> uh, so yeah, sorry. I know people always get that confused with some things, and it, it, that triggers me. So that I triggered myself there. Um, <laughs> and then the last thing they have is Wish. Apparently, this is an interesting one because apparently it's supposed to be like the lore of the Wishing Star. That's oh, always in, like the Disney stuff. So that apparently is going to come out on the hundredth anniversary. For, oh, the, okay. for the studio. Oh, so, so I guess like that, that makes star sense. that like loops it around and everything. Yeah, basically, because like that was like in uh, Pinocchio. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. and it's in the Disney logo too, like everywhere. So mm-hmm. I guess that's the lore of that. Cause it's supposed to be in a Kingdom of Wishes or something. <laughs> so that looks like it could be pretty cool. Um, I kind of like the art, the concept art they have right here. So um, yeah, that, that'll be an interesting movie to see. I guess like Disney lore. <laughs> so <laughs> Disney lore, they're creating their own universe now. Yeah, and um, also the, they're doing a Zootopia show. That's cool. I love Zootopia. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. Z- 
Zootopia Plus is something that I think a lot of people were anticipating. Not a furry. Yeah. yeah. Not a furry, but, you know, <laughs> Zootopia was pretty dope. So, yeah. Uh, I wonder on how this one's going to transition in, into a series because, you know, it could definitely be like Saturday morning cartoon with like Judy Hopps doing her police work and shit like probably, that. So. Yeah, it's not going to be like Beastars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sure Zootopia and Beastars awakened a lot of things in certain people. Yeah, it, it probably did. <laughs> it just made me feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say for that stuff. Yeah, anyways. I think that's all, yeah. All right, um, next we have some Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of Star Wars stuff, actually. Um, we have Tales of the Jedi. So this looks like a bunch of shorts uh, from a lot. Like, it, it's using the art style from the animated shows because it's by the same dude. I forget what his name is. Uh, he does all the, the animated. Dave Fellini? 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 Fellini. Yeah, <laughs> I don't Fellini. know. Fellini. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it looks like it's like telling the backstories of, I guess, more Ahsoka stuff um, with Anakin, which is always great to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Dooku stuff, which is interesting. Like, I always yeah. thought Dooku was very... Um, I, I haven't watched the Clone Wars or anything, so they probably go into it more. I, I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. But at least in the movies, I always thought he was very bland. Like, he was always one of the weakest villains to me because he's just like evil Sith Lord and then like dies. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah I, I've never found Dooku that interesting. But this one is showing him as a Jedi because he has like his blue lightsaber with like, yeah. he says the weird lightsaber hilt, mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool. Um, I think there's one more thing. Was there another story here? I forgot. Uh, no, I, I, it's just it I think it's split thing. three episodes in three between these two. Oh, oh, okay, all right, that makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, y'all know me. I love the Clone Wars. I think the Clone Wars is the best Star Wars shit out there, next to the Mandalorian <laughs> and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so having this announced, I was like, let's fucking go. Uh, so yeah, I think that them giving us more Ahsoka content, fuck it, why not? I don't care. Um, you know, you get enough of that in the show, but I think, you know, I guess diving even deeper into her backstory can, you know, please the fans. Cause I think that Ahsoka is a newer Star Wars character that a lot of people really enjoy and like, just because of the stories that they were able to tell about her within the Clone Wars. And obviously going into Dooku, like you said, I kind of agree that in the movies, he's very much just like, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> and like there's like alluding to like he was a jedi before and then he just went to the dark side so i think that this is going to show him going to the dark side so i think that that'll be pretty cool and uh more uh mace windu so that'll be pretty Hell fun yeah. as well so yeah um i think that this series just straight up being like hey we're gonna tell these two stories within six episodes that's pretty cool because I think that keeping it very nice, short, sweet to the point, uh, I can you know show people that hey, you know, there's more stuff to tell within this era of Star Wars. Which whether you like the movies or not, you know, everything else surrounding it has been really, really good. So, yeah, I thought that's the case usually with Star Wars to begin with. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next bit of news we got here is Mandalorian season three. Uh, so yeah, uh, you pretty much have to watch. Uh, the last bit of Boba Fett to understand Still how yeah. <laughs> to understand how they reunited. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything uh, about that, but uh, just know that they are back together and they're back on Space Adventures, yeah. uh, father and son. So yeah, uh, the trailer looked more of what I wanted. You know, more Mandalorian. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I fucking love Mandalorian. So like, I'm you know happy it's continuing. I hope it has like you know a good plan of what they want to do with the plot and stuff because you know. Um, Mandalorian has some weird stuff where it's like it has a plot, but like a lot of time to do what like the side questy episodes where you just kind of do whatever for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's always been an issue some people have with the show, but um, 
uh, I, yeah, it looks like they're setting things up with like the whole Mandalore stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully that plays you know a part into this because you know uh, if you watch the other seasons, you'll know that you know he he did stuff and <laughs> other Mandalorians don't like that. So um, yeah, yeah, it definitely looks like it's gonna be interesting. I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's still one of my favorite Disney Plus shows. So um, mm-hmm. hopefully they don't drop the ball or anything, but it still looks good. So you know, definitely looking forward to it. Um, I, I really need to watch Boba Fett now. <laughs> Just I've yeah, been putting it off for so long. You don't have to watch all of it. Like I said, you literally just need to watch like the last bits of it. Um, but yeah, yeah but seem- I, I, I'm not one to do that. I, I will. I will watch all of it, even if it's bad, because okay. I, I well, need to know. <laughs> yeah, just watch all of it then. Uh, it's gonna be a, a real slug until uh, Mando yeah. shows up. But once once Mando shows up, hey, look, it's, it's gonna be fun. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it seems like John Favreau really knows what he's doing with the show, and obviously, you know, Disney's backing it, so there is the budget there and. Uh, I think when the first season came out, it was like, we're not going to learn until like his true identity until like season four or five. So now we're getting like pretty close to uh, Baby Yoda's true identity or some shit. So um, that's just something that I just remembered because that was like a big thing when it came out. But um, yeah, more Mandalorian. I'm all for it. I feel like a lot of people are going to resubscribe to Disney Plus just to watch the show because uh it's 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 definitely one of the better disney plus shows because it was the first one to come out and it really hooked a lot of people into getting the service and on top of that you know season two was a lot of fan service which i think that some people could have done without because i think that season one of mando does so good because it strays away from you know the luke skywalker stuff and everything like that so um yeah you know season three if we get more of that stuff i'm all for it but it seems like we're gonna focus a lot more on like damien said the mandalore yeah, which, you know, makes sense. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think staying away from the Jedi people would be mm-hmm. for the best for the show. Um, I think dealing with the actual Mandalore stuff is what should matter. Because, you know, a lot of people don't really understand that, myself included. So I think having this show be a good introduction to all of that should be what it's really aiming for. But, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see and what happens in uh, Season 3. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I probably just put these two together because uh, I don't think we really know much. Uh, yeah. Besides the happening. So Star Wars uh, Bad Patch Season 2 is coming out uh, January 4th. So, you know, that's the, uh, I guess, sort of sequel-like thing? It's or, like you know, the spinoff thing from spin-off thing, yeah. from the Clone Wars that we got introduced in the final season, I believe. I haven't watched right. the Bad Batch yet. I haven't heard any bad things about it. So, uh, But the fact that, that, that we're getting Season 2, pretty dope. Uh, I'm looking forward to one of these days sitting down and watching all of it. And hopefully uh, by the time Season 2 comes out, I'll be all caught up, but... We'll see. Yep. And the other thing is, we have like a little, like just one picture of uh, <laughs> Star Wars The Skeleton Crew by uh, John Watts. So, this is uh, a I, TV series, by the way. Oh, okay. So, yeah, another so Disney Plus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, um, you know, I, I think it looks like Disney really wants to have. A, you know, it looks like Mandalorian is going to be like their staple Star Wars show that would probably keep going for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to keep bringing in, like, the other one-off ones, like Book of Boba Fett, we got Kenobi, Andor, you know, this is going to be a one-season thing. Like, you know, you can't really do much because, mm-hmm. you know, things happen in Rogue One. So this looks like it might be the same thing where it's like, okay, here's, like, another uh, sort of mini-series of Star Wars. And then, you know, you get Mandalorian Season 4, like, the year after that or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. It looks like that's kind of their strategy with the Star Wars stuff. Because Marvel, they have so much things to work with. Uh, with Star Wars, it's a big galaxy as well, but, you know, they usually focus on too many small things so um, yeah but we'll see you know i I know that's always a complaint like you know uh, too much skywalking i agree Mm -hmm. um so hopefully this uh i mean andor has been you know pretty different so far and we'll talk about that later so hopefully Mm -hmm. this could follow suit with that 
Yeah, and uh, Skeleton Crew, uh, just looking at the Wikipedia fandom page, uh, it seems like it'll take place after Episode 7, Return of the Jedi. Uh, oh, okay. Four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven. I'm fucking stupid. Um, I can't read Roman numerals, and I don't remember which uh, Star Wars things are what. But anyways. What, what? Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, John Watts is, uh, he created this, and he's executive producing it. So, yeah, I mean, say what you will about his sort of Spider-Man trilogy. I mean, he obviously went into it very, you know, nervous. And uh, I think that this has been said a lot of times in interviews, whether it be Tom Holland or John Watts himself saying it, that like when he went into it, he was very nervous and scared because like it's fucking Spider-Man we're talking about here. So like if he fucks it up, you know, they could just replace him. And like I, as you see, as the movies go on, you know, he gets better as a director. He gets a lot more comfortable. Um, and yeah, so I'm eager to see what this show has an entail just from a director standpoint and also just from a creative standpoint because i think that like we've always said on this podcast when it comes to star wars everything around the skywalker stuff or not about it is a lot more interesting and i think that this this show has the potential to do that uh it's apparently going to star four kids but it's not a kid's show so that's that's something that john watts wanted to clarify there so uh we'll see how that goes uh he is a big fan of sort of uh coming of age movies like uh the breakfast club and things like that which inspired spider-man homecoming so makes sense yeah i can see that <laughs> i'm eager to um, see how this one plays out <laughs> yeah i mean yeah again as long as it's like sort of different like i love jedi mm-hmm. obviously like I, but i do want to see more jedi things that aren't like skywalker stuff and, but i also love like when they do stuff that's more like just the regular people doing stuff mm-hmm. uh, i think that's interesting as well so I guess we'll see where they're gonna go because you know I'm really sick of Skywalker, and I know Disney said like, okay, yeah, no more, no more real Skywalker stuff. You're gonna get like new stuff now, so mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we we'll start seeing that change uh, soon. So <laughs> yeah, and I don't have it here, but I believe uh, like the Disney Marvel schedule came out or whatever, and I think that yeah. they pushed the Star Wars movie like 2024, 2025, something like that. Um, so it's gonna be a while until we see Star Wars in theaters, rightfully so, because you know they're probably a little scared after the whole new trilogy that they made and everything like that so yeah i i, I learned about it in lego star wars so whenever I watch those movies, I'm like wow this was bad and I'm, I'm i'm playing the lego version of it that's crazy uh but anyways moving on from there we got the marvel uh part of the d23 presentation so first up we got werewolf by night this is sort of uh, yeah, what the fuck was this? I mean, it looks cool. Yeah, but like. it looks cool. It's like a black and white horror sort of short thing. Um, and it's going to come out October 7th, which is pretty soon. But I don't know how this ties into the MCU or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, me personally, but it does look pretty cool. Um, it, Like I said, it looks like it's taking a lot of horror inspirations and possibly seeing if the MCU can do horror uh, in the future. Uh, who knows? So... Yeah, I mean, I really just like, you know, it's imitating those, like, you know, 50s, 60s horror movies, but, you know, black and white, you know, the the weird effects and stuff and camera zooms and stuff. It, it looks really authentic to it. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I do like when the MCU, again, I really like when MCU changes its style. Uh, like, I, I know people didn't like Multiverse of Madness, but I liked it. I, I really like how different it felt from everything else. Um, so, yeah, de- definitely looking forward to see how this even connects to anything at all. Mm-hmm. If it's just some weird, fun thing they're doing, that's okay. But, um, yeah, I'd be interested to see how this actually fits into everything. Because, you know, as MCU fans, we always have to see where everything fits in. But, you know. Um, if this doesn't yeah, fit into anywhere, I'm, I'm fine with that, too. Yeah, then what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> 
but um yeah besides that now we have all the you know actual like stuff so uh secret invasion is coming in 2023 this is going to be a disney plus show so um i definitely like the look of this um very much like a um winter soldiery type vibe like it's a lot more uh i guess grounded like not going to deal too much with the uh, you know, it's not gonna go all crazy. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. might go crazy, but you know what I mean. It's not gonna be like Moon Knight or like Miss Marvel, where they have uh, superpowers everywhere. It definitely looks like it's gonna be a little more grounded and more uh, espionage and stuff like that. So, um, I, I really like the vibe of that. I think we haven't really had that for quite a while in the MCU, so it's gonna be nice to see that again. Like that's why, um, what was the show Falcon and Winter Soldier? I, you know, I, I like it. Uh, you know, I didn't like it as much as like you did, but I still <laughs> like the I like the vibe it gave me. But hopefully, this one gives me it as well. You know? Yeah. Um, I think that Secret Invasion can be one of the Marvel shows that people are going to skip over because it's like it's fucking Nick Fury. I mean, you know, like why should I care? Kind of thing. Uh, but I think that this no, one I like Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like you said, very much espionage sort of uh, Winter Soldier. Um type vibe so i am very much down with that sort of keeping it a lot more grounded compared to the other mcu projects that we've had recently obviously that's what makes the mcu sort of i guess have color if you will uh but you know something that's just you know spies and sort of trying to figure out what the fuck's going on you know as just normal everyday people just using your brains and whatever else skills you got um yeah i think that this one can be a lot of fun uh we see Amelia Clark, which I believe is, uh, what's her name from Game of Thrones? Fucking hell. Um, I didn't watch Game of Thrones. So she's know. the fucking main girl. <laughs> the dragon lady? Daenerys. Dra- I'm fucking yeah, stupid. dragon lady, right? Yeah. My girlfriend's going to kill me for not remembering yep. <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, uh, we get to see her in this trailer, and I think that uh, she has the potential potential to do really well just because she's like a fantastic actress like if you don't know any of like the hardships that she went through when she was going through playing the role in game of thrones it's like pretty crazy um i haven't looked into it myself but just from what my girlfriend has told me is pretty remarkable but um the trailer itself i like it i think that this uh can be a lot of fun uh it has 17 almost 18 million views which you know it's kind of crazy for a trailer like this one in my opinion i feel like that that would be a lot lower but um, I guess I I might eat my words to see uh, exactly how well or how bad the show does. If you always say MCU is dead, and then like, <laughs> you know, like seventeen million views on like a Disney Plus show, so <laughs> like they're slowly reeling people back in. Um, so next thing we got here is we got a new Ironheart logo, and also Ryan Coogler is going to be executive producing the show. Uh, so yeah, I mean that is pretty dope. I think that having him. Uh, sort of in, I guess, like the room or like on set or whatever for Ironheart can be very, very good because obviously he created Black Panther. And I think that, um, you know, because that movie did so well, Marvel was probably like, hey, like you obviously know what the fuck you're doing when it comes to bringing people of color into uh, the MCU and just like on the uh, big screen. So like, fuck it, like you'll be executive producing this and you'll help out and hopefully make the show good because i know that ironheart as a character within the comics and when she was introduced was very much like a mary sue type of thing uh because for reasons that i am not too sure about i'm gonna be honest i'm, I'm not exactly too sure about it i think that if you were to watch trailer drake uh he does a lot of comic book videos and you just type in trailer drake ironheart and and he does a video comparing her to miles morales and, uh, and as to why people accept miles morales a lot more than uh, Ironheart, I think that his sort of research and his knowledge is very much beneficial for 
people like myself or even listeners that are like, hey, I don't know shit about comic books. If you just watch his videos, he he knows like way too much shit. I'm going to be honest Um, (laughs) for a person who who didn't like read comics growing up like he he got it. He got into the medium because of like his ex fiance, which is like fucking crazy. Um, So, you know. Um, he he knows a lot of his shit, but anyways, you know, Ironheart. I hope that this series does well. I think that this puts a lot more confidence in people having Mr. Kugler behind uh, the executive producing role. Yeah, um, I basically agree with everything you said. I mean, I, again, like bringing this character that uh, maybe not too many people know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say just throw out all your knowledge from the comics usually out the window because usually they do something <laughs> different, pretty much. So. Um, that even if people didn't really like her too much in the comics, that that doesn't really mean anything of her MCU version, you know? Like, it mm-hmm. could be that people actually, you know, like her now and stuff. So, it really depends. But, uh, you know, people are, you know, kind of racist <laughs> about a lot of things. So, that could be kind of, you know, how it is. But I, I do think it'll be fine. Like, I think, I know Miles, like, again, he wasn't, I don't think he was, like, that well-received when he first started in the comics. But then, mm-hmm. like, later, he became well more well-received and you know, Spider-Verse and all this other stuff made people really like that character a lot. So I'm sure the same thing will happen to Ironheart. I, you know, I think it's a character's like, oh, who is this? But then, yeah. you know, probably later people are like, oh, okay, so. I think um, that... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, go on. I think that them inserting her into the new Black Panther movie is very smart. I think that when they yeah. do that for any character, honestly, like when they did that for Black Panther within Civil War, like that was a great way to just introduce the character real quick and then give him his own movie later, so... Yeah, I agree. I, I, I was gonna say that anyway. I, was like, <laughs> I think having having the characters show up in some other movie just to like get people like sort of situated with that character makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense, and yeah. it can hype you up to be like, "Oh, I'm gonna know more about that character and stuff." Um, I mean, I know it was hype when you know everyone saw. I know it was not a new character, but we saw <laughs> Spider Man <laughs> in Silver War. Like, oh shit! Yeah. So um, I think that's always a fun time to uh, to have that sort of thing happen. So um, yeah, we're definitely just gonna see how she you know how she does in black panther 2 and then her own movie so yeah and uh, interesting just real quick before we move on just i said trailer drake that was his old name it, comic drake and then just type in ironheart he has two videos on there the first one my problems with ironheart and then the second one was Ma- why miles morales is loved and riri williams hated so uh those videos are several years old but i think that they're still relevant today so anyways we'll move on from there <laughs> all right so uh, next up we got some just a lot of information so uh man and the wasp and the quantum mania uh, directly links with Avengers, the Kang Dynasty. So I, I think they already said this before. I, yeah. I think they did anyway. Um, so yeah, that, they're obviously going to connect to each other. I mean, I I still haven't watched Ant Man and the Wasp. I know you hate it. Uh, mm-hmm. I still should watch it. <laughs> so um, yeah, I definitely have to watch that because I know that and Captain Marvel are going to be a little more important now. And I, I Captain Marvel I also didn't watch probably because I was a little burnt out and kind of just wanted to see Infinity War and Endgame at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would definitely go back and watch those. But yes, th- those movies will connect with each other um and probably because i know there's like a lot of different kangs and stuff so they probably like will fight a kang or something yeah we don't know yet because it's like you know that they've been a little only really loki has really dealt with the the kang stuff right now like Mm -hmm. uh they're probably gonna get into it now with all the movies coming out but uh yeah i guess we'll see when this actually comes out yeah i know Man 3 uh kang is gonna be in it like 100 percent. yeah so uh having it directly linked with the avengers movie that's going to be pretty cool. Um, this will probably get people actually to watch this movie because they're like, I want to watch Avengers. So uh, to know more information and sort of actually see what happens on screen and not just read something on Twitter or on a Wikipedia or whatever, you know, just to get spoiled by that, which, you know, some people do like doing that. But 
that's to their own nature. Anyways, um, you know, A Man Three. I'm very pessimistic about it. I think that that's I the like word. Ant-Man One. <laughs> I, I know. I know it's like you know not the best. Yeah, but. I mean, I love A Man One, which is why when I watched A Man Two, I was like, "What is this shit, man? Like, this is so bad." <laughs> Um, literally like the last act of the movie just falls apart in my eyes because I'm just like right. what are they doing um, so hopefully this one's a little better um, I think that it's most of the same team with like writers and directors and stuff like that for this movie so we'll just have to wait and see on how that all pans out but um, yeah you know that's that's all we know about Ant-Man 3 publicly I know that they showed a lot of other stuff like in, in the uh, hall that they haven't released yet so um, next thing we got here is Armor Wars begins filming next year and takes place right after Secret Invasion. Uh, so I believe if you watch the Secret Invasion trailer, you did see Don Cheadle back as oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> back as War Machine. So I think that this uh, this one in particular was left out of the last Marvel event where they unveiled all of the Phase Five and, and Phase Six stuff. So. Um, I'm not sure if they just forgot about it or, or they just weren't ready to show it. But, hey, you know, now we know that it is going to start filming soon and that it is still happening. So, uh, yeah, that could be pretty cool. I'm sure that it's going to have the same vibe as Secret Invasion, hopefully. If not, you know, maybe something a little different. Maybe actually deal with the whole Iron Man stuff and, like, the, the uh, different suits because that can be always interesting. Yeah, we haven't really had any Iron Man stuff, obviously, for a while. <laughs> so it'd be kind of cool to see, like, the uh, the suit and stuff again. All right, so next we've got uh, pretty big news for a lot of people I know. Because, uh, you know, the Fantastic Four thing is a big thing. Uh, <laughs> but that people really want to know the casting stuff. But, unfortunately, they, they said nothing about that. But uh, Matt Shakeman is going to be directing it. Uh, I think he did WandaVision, right? Yes, he did do WandaVision. Um, I think pretty much all of the episodes or something like that. He's also directed Game of Thrones um, uh, and some other stuff that I am just looking on IMDb right now for. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, like, personally, like, when it comes to directors, unless they're, like, a big name like Sam Raimi that I recognize, like, I don't really care who directs. Like, not to say that right. he won't do a good job, but just, like, me personally, like, WandaVision... Can I remember good moments of good directing? Yes, for sure. I think that that show in and of itself had a very interesting style just because of what it was doing with the whole, you know, TVMA things and whatnot. You know, them sort of, or or not TVMA, but, you know, just like the whole TV stuff, if you will, and just going through the uh, different eras of television and shit like that. So, um, but yeah, you know, hopefully he'll be able to do a good job because we honestly, like, I feel like Marvel Studios, because they recently announced the writers for them for the uh fantastic four but i didn't put it here just because it's like they announced like writers that have like no writing credits so it's like oh. what, what <laughs> like what is going on here like it's either they have no writing credits or like they they wrote for rick and morty before which is like oh. two two different spectrums there um so you know um i'm hoping that this movie does well uh, just because like the fantastic four have not had a good movie in a long time um some may say never um you know i'm not gonna go as far to say that but you know i think that introducing them into the mcu is like a pretty big thing so they're probably gonna try to take their time with it and i know that they said that they weren't gonna introduce the x-men for a while now either which is kind of weird because they just like got all the rights for them to so they kept teasing x-men stuff everywhere (laughs) so they could keep saying mutants and a bunch of other shit but you know not actually do it so um but yeah, you know, him him directing it, you know, I have I have faith that he will do well just because he's already been in the Marvel bubble before, so he probably knows what they want and what he, and what they want from him. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, I think he did a good job with WandaVision. Uh, obviously, the ending, I know. <laughs> I know. But I think for most of the show, I think it was really unique and um, had a nice, like, feel to it. So hopefully he does the same thing with Fantastic Four. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of those characters to begin with, but hopefully this makes me care. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll let you do the next one. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. So we got Daredevil Born Again. Uh, it will begin in 2023 for filming, I believe. I think I just, yeah, yeah. begin filming in 2023. Well, I have 18 oh, episodes. Oh, damn, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's still kind of a far away then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably gonna come out. I think they announced the date before, probably like late twenty twenty three, something like that. I could, I oh. could double check that for myself right now. But, um, yeah, and it's gonna be a whole new iteration of the character. Uh, there's rumors of John Bernthal coming back, which is pretty exciting. Uh, yeah. So spring twenty twenty four, I think that they announced that before. So yeah, this is a pretty far away thing, which I don't mind as long as it ends up being good. Uh, it's going to be a brand new iteration of the character, which I do not mind either. I think that um, expecting this to be like a season four of uh, the Netflix series is kind of dumb because that just requires people to like, obviously it's on Disney plus, right? And it's fucking good. So like you should just watch it anyways. But to those people that don't want to watch it and just have this be like a brand new sort of like iteration of the character, but have these certain actors return for their roles, I think is fine. Um, I know that they recasted Elektra, which is a damn shame. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just fucking excited for this new Daredevil series. I think Charlie Cox is a fantastic, amazing job as Daredevil. He's probably now the best actor in the MCU because he's fucking playing a blind man and he's not blind and he's so good <laughs> at his role that when he auditions for other roles, he fucks up and he doesn't look at their look, look at his cast members directly. Cause he's always playing Daredevil. <laughs> That's um, funny. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'm obviously very, very excited for this series. I think that it being a brand new iteration of it, I'm fine with. Um, but I, I'm just, I'm just a little afraid of how they're gonna handle it. You know, just because you know this is now within the Marvel Studios bubble, it's not you know sort of like independent like it was with like the Netflix stuff kind of. Um, so I hope that they keep the same TVMA uh sort of rating and shit like that because I think that that's what makes Daredevil succeed. You know, like if you turn away from the action when he's like beating the shit out of someone or like when someone just like kills someone or fucking kills themselves or some shit you know like that's not gonna fly in my book in my opinion when it comes to daredevil yeah i, I hope so i mean honestly now with uh you know with andor they, they show that disney could show a little darker stuff so i'm mm-hmm. hoping it kind of follows suit like, i don't know if it's gonna be as like bloody or whatever mm-hmm. as like the netflix thing but i, I hopefully they can actually show like you know people dying and like you know not be too afraid to shy away from it because you know it's gonna be a darker series in general so um you know, hopefully we could see that. But now it looks like there's more of a precedent. Like Disney seems to be letting more mature shows in, or at least more with more mature tones with it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, it's not going to be all bloody. Probably, I, I, I don't imagine it will be, but um, maybe it will. Maybe Disney will surprise us. I mean, they said they were okay with an R-rated uh, Deadpool three. So, um, hopefully, Disney could just allow that to happen because you know some heroes. I mean, I think I said this before. Some heroes are just going to be more violent than others, and just that's just how it is. You know, it mm-hmm. won't fit the character if you can't do that. Um, so yeah, hopefully Disney allows that and like let these directors and things like writers like let them do what they want to do with this because you know I feel like this is a character that can't be held down with like all the age ratings and stuff you know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because, you know, Daredevil is a very much a R-rated character. You know, he can be PG-13 at times, but I feel like for the most part, when you see Daredevil do his shit and, like, people talk about, like, the best scenes in Daredevil, you know, there's a lot of blood and shit going on. So um, hopefully that this series will be able to deliver and we get more confirmed details of who's going to be in it and what's going to happen with most of the cast because I feel like because there was a iteration of the characters before that lived on Netflix that is now on Disney+. Plus. Um, people want most of them to come back. And I think that even using this show as a way to filter in like Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, even Iron Fist, I think that that can be pretty interesting, pretty cool. Um, so yeah, you know, just get all the, the defenders back. So um, whether they're the same actors or actresses or not, who knows? Um, I think that the only one that they really need to recast is Iron Fist, but apparently season two was pretty good, but I haven't watched that one along with a lot of, a lot of the other seasons within the Marvel Netflix stuff because Honestly, I gave up because I was just like, this shit isn't even connecting. So, like, I don't even care anymore. Um, right. <laughs> but I did watch season one for most of those shows, and they're pretty, pretty solid. So, if you have the time to watch them on Disney+, Plus, do yourself a favor and do it. And if you only have time for one, just watch all of Daredevil, uh, season one and two. And then you have to watch Defenders because Defenders links to season three of Daredevil. Because if you go from seasons two to three, you're going to be very confused as to what the fuck's going on. So um, I'm actually doing that with my girlfriend right now because we've been watching Daredevil and now we're on Defenders. And I have to like explain a lot of like, the other character stuff. But at, at the same time, I forget honestly because i'm like uh, i think i think she's from jessica jones and i think she was she's this this and this and i'm like i don't even fucking know anymore <laughs> <laughs> so uh but moving on from there i'll let you take this one yeah so uh the new captain america movie captain america new world order is coming out it's gonna have uh tim blake nelson who's gonna return as the leader uh he was in, in the incredible hulk uh mm-hmm. i don't even remember <laughs> he was he was the guy that got like the hulk blood like in his forehead and then like his forehead was like Going all uh, weird. Turn to a five head, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he's returning, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, well, it's got Isaiah Bradley and Danny Ramirez returns. I forgot who they what they played. Isaiah Bradley, well. uh, that's the character that was the black Captain America that they sort of like, uh, you know. Oh, right, right, right. You know, right. they were like, you're not really Captain America because you're a black man. And I'm like, oh, right. okay, yeah. all right, guys. Uh, and then Danny Ramirez is the, uh, the guy that's supposed to be the new Falcon. He was sort of like uh, oh. he was sort of like his second hand man, like the whole time for okay. most of the show right, 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 or whatever. Right. Next to obviously uh, the uh, Winter Soldier and shit. But um, right. there's been a lot of controversy with this movie because of first up the title, and then also like I think that there's certain things like race things playing into effect here with like certain characters and things like that so um honestly i'm pretty ignorant on that stuff in particular so um i'm not entirely too sure to you know really talk about that in depth uh but you know getting a a little more details onto who's going to be in the movie and seeing this as being like a continuation of the falcon and winter in uh winter soldier show is pretty cool um having tim blake nelson return you know, it, it seems like that Marvel Studios is trying to implement characters from the Incredible Hulk, but never make a Incredible Hulk movie. Uh, just well, put them. They can't. Right? Yeah, because Universal. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, well, we don't want to work with Universal, so yeah. we'll just take the characters and then just slice them in everywhere else. Uh, so him being uh, the main bad guy within Captain America: New World Order can be pretty cool. Um, I really like the idea of having Isaiah Bradley and. Danny Ramirez returned within this movie because I feel like that those are two very prominent characters within Sam Sam's uh, story of of uh, 
becoming Captain America. So having those two in particular return, uh, we don't know if uh, Bucky is going to return just yet because uh, he's going to be in, in uh, Thunderbolts, which I guess I'll quickly transition unless you got something to say about Captain America. All I'm going to say is there's still a lot of people that are like, but Captain America is dead. I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Again, it's so much whatever. <laughs> so much bullshit. Uh, Thunderbolts lineup has been revealed and people were memeing this shit up for like a week straight just because the Thunderbolts are uh, Yelena, Red Guardian, Bucky, Ghost, Taskmaster, Val, and US Agent. Uh, yeah, this is a very underwhelming lineup, I would say. Um, yep. I would definitely agree with most people just because it's like, this is what happens when you kill off most of your bad guys within Marvel movies. Uh, you, yeah. You can't make a movie about like the bad guys kind of thing, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, like for what they're trying to do to make this like a sort of like suicide squad kind of thing can be a little interesting i feel like most of these characters uh other than bucky i, f- I feel like bucky's more of like a hero now uh most Basically, of them yeah. well you know in i guess like in the eyes of the public you know he's a little it's a little iffy because he did some like terrorist shit like actually uh so you know uh i guess most of them classify as like anti-hero kind of thing uh so yeah i mean i don't know how this movie's going to play out just because it's like there's a lot of weird and interesting characters that they're just meshing in here for the sake of meshing them in here. I feel like the Taskmaster adaptation for the MCU is really fucking bad. So, yeah, who the fuck knows on how this movie's going to do. But, you know, this, I guess, like concept splash art, if you will, here, uh, it looks okay. I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so pick your champion here. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. I mean, they've been kind of leading up to this with some of the other Disney Plus shows about, like, some of the people going to the Thunderbolts. And it looks mm-hmm. like they're just adding some people here because, like, why not? Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, if uh, not Captain America, is just like, yeah, join the Thunderbolts and stuff. So, <laughs> same with Elena. So, like, yeah, like, those those two, like, were for sure going to be there. But I, I don't even know why Bucky's here. <laughs> like, I don't, I, know. I don't know what happened. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. But, uh I, I'll see what happens when it actually comes out. But as of right now, I don't know what they're going to do. Because I, I don't know even what this group is supposed to be. Like I know they're like anti-hero type stuff and be like a suicide squad, I guess. But at that point, they're just kind of like heroes at that point. So I, I don't really know what they're trying to do. But I guess we'll yeah. see. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Ghost is from Airman 2. And yeah. her story's like... I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, this shit was so executed badly. So uh, I don't know. I feel like most of yeah, these... No, no, go oh, on. I was gonna say who the fuck was Ghost, and my brother was like, "Oh, that was from Ant Man 2. I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, I feel like most of these characters are, are from like they're either like Bucky or they're from movies that are just like mediocre. So like you right. know, El- Elena, Red Guardian, and Taskmaster are from the Black Widow movie, which you know was not o- not good. I would say, um, <laughs> and then Ant Man Two was real bad, and then I guess Val. I don't know what the fuck. Like, who's Val? Yeah. Val? <laughs> Stop. Because, uh, yeah. like, that's, that's I guess, like, the person all the way on the... Oh, that's that's the girl that was talking to U.S. Agent at the end of um, uh, Falcon. And also at the end of... Uh, what's it called? Oh, Black Widow fucking, uh, talking to... Yeah, Seinfeld Yelena. Lady. Yeah, 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 yeah Seinfeld <laughs> Lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to do, but... Oh. I, I, do, I do like Elena and Red Guardian. Yeah. I think they're, they're cool, mm-hmm. but, like, in terms of funny <laughs> characters, like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll see when it actually comes out. Yeah, very much a hodgepodge, which is random characters that they just threw together. 
right. So it makes me sad. I think in the original Thunderbolt, I think like Ghost Rider is supposed to be in it or something. Like that would have been sick, right? But yeah. I know Ghost Rider doesn't <laughs> exist yet here. But all right, anyway, so the last like <laughs> D3 Marvel thing is the Marvels uh, is going to focus on three heroes as they keep trading pl- uh, places with each other every time they use their powers and they must team up to fix their problems. So it's basically Freaky Friday, but superheroes. <laughs> basically what I'm getting from here. So I'm guessing it's Captain Marvel, Miss um, Marvel, and I don't know who the third one is. Uh, yeah, I forget her name, but she was in WandaVision. And, uh, oh. Uh, Monica. Monica. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so those three are, I guess, going to try to team up and shit like that. I mean, like, at the end of uh, Miss Marvel, it's it's sort of teased it with yes, uh, yeah. Brie Larson being there. Oh, whoops. And, like, <laughs> that was pretty hype, honestly, when I saw her uh, show up in, in the uh, show. But, yeah, this movie seems to be uh, connecting, I guess, all three of those characters together and sort of figure out their problems and uh, get come together with their space powers and shit like that. So, um, but yeah, you know, I guess, like, this Freaky Friday premise can be a little fun. Um, so... But yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm I'm more looking forward to seeing Miss Marvel in like an actual movie just because the actress also is like just like a big fucking fangirl. Like she was like, oh, my God, I met I met uh, Charlie Cox. I met, you know, uh, fucking <laughs> Harrison Ford and shit like that. So, you know, she yeah, I'll freak out too. Yeah. <laughs> she's much of a fan as we are. So I'm excited to see on how, you know, she does within her first, I guess, like Marvel movie, if you will. All right. Um, I think that's all the D3 stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so now we'll get into our recent activities. Uh, I know we are almost an hour in, but uh, <laughs> so I'll go first real quick because yeah. I don't really have a lot to talk about. So TFT, Team Fight Tactics, League of Legends, uh, they uh, they have a new set. And every single time there's a new set, I kind of just go in blind and just like figure shit out on my own. Um, I'm just like a silver player, silver gold player, so like I don't really care that much. I, I I really just play it just to like waste an hour and just like relax for a little bit. Um, but then again, TFT does get a little stressful and stupid because it's like, how the fuck is this working? Um, right. But yeah, you know, it's just a fun little, you know, I guess like auto chess game. So just still playing that. And then Rent a Girlfriend season two ended, uh, and I've been watching that as it kind of comes out. I what happens is that i miss a saturday and then i miss two saturdays so then i have to like watch like two or three episodes at the time um but yeah rent to go for season two ended because i know what happens because i'm now a fucking manga reader uh obviously like the surprises and like the bullshit that like uh you know chizuru and kazuya get up to i'm not you know surprised by it because like i remember myself reading certain panels within the manga and i'm like oh now it's being animated um so but the animation quality is not all that high um, compared to season one. I, I, I notice a lot of just like the images and shit like that just don't look that great. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's more rent a girlfriend. So like if you like rent a girlfriend season one, you'll probably like season two and see where uh, Chizuru and Kazuya go in. Uh, the most interesting part of the manga was adapted within this season, in my opinion, um, which I won't spoil here just because I was like kind of surprised by them going into that. Um, so yeah, I really liked uh, I think it was the second to last episode or the last episode of this season where they dive into that stuff. Um, but yeah, season two of Rent a Girlfriend is okay. I, I gave it a, a seven out of 10 on my any list sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to judge because I know what's going to happen. But at the same time, I didn't really feel that like excitement when I did when I watched Rent a Girlfriend season one. But then again, you know, I didn't read the manga and I didn't know anything. So um, it's a little hard for me to you know, judge it, I guess, like objectively kind of thing but yeah 
it's okay. That's pretty much the gist of it. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I mean, that's kind of why I don't like reading manga mm-hmm. for stuff that like will get because you know, I like to see things with fresh eyes, and I usually like to see it animated with like a bunch of all the other shit. Obviously, mm-hmm. I have none against manga. I just personally prefer it. Like, I, if I was gonna read a manga, part would be like Berserk because there's probably yeah. no way that would ever get an anime adaptation. A good one, anyways. <laughs> yeah, a good one, anyway. There's been a few, but they've been really bad. So, um, yeah, that's probably one I would probably read. But yeah, I, I'm usually like stick to like an anime if it's good. Obviously, if, if it's a bad a- adaptation, at that point, you might as well just read the manga. But um, yeah, I feel like at this point, most anime adaptations are pretty like good, mm-hmm. so or decent at least. <laughs> right, so uh, anyway, for my stuff, uh, I, I just doing a lot. So uh, Splatoon three <laughs> came out. Uh, so yeah, I played Splatoon three. And, you know, I know it's getting meme gone. It's like, oh, it's the same game. Uh, I, I definitely feel like it feels more like a Smash 4 to Smash Ultimate type deal mm-hmm. where, yeah, it looks similar, but I think there's enough changes in it to make it feel so much more refined than the previous game. Because um, Splatoon 2 didn't really update uh, much in terms of, like, mechanics or graphics or whatever. Uh, you know, they added Salmon Run, which was great, which was, like, the big feature and it made it feel new. And it was, you know, I love Salmon Run. But uh, for the most part, it's pretty much just, yeah, Splatoon 1, but on Switch, which is fine because a lot of people didn't have a Wii U. Um, with this game, I definitely feel like they did refine a lot more stuff. Um, they gave you uh, more movement options with the Squid Roll and the Squid Surge. Uh, I, I've been seeing the Squid Roll being used a lot more now in, like, the higher levels. Because um, you could, like, in swim form, you could do, like, a backflip. And that gives you, like, armor and a bunch of other bullshit. And it's, like, really technical stuff. <laughs> it really mm-hmm. adds a whole other layer to the game. Uh, and just, like, I guess, um, Tekken, like, teching people and stuff or whatever. Like, it's a whole bunch of shit now. It makes the, the game harder. But uh, I think that's good. I think it does, like, add a lot more play into the game. Um, you know, they took away a lot some of the um, broken abilities. Like, there's no more damage up or whatever. Because um, I know that's a big problem. Uh in Splatoon 2 and 1, because you could just make your weapon stronger. <laughs> and uh, some weapons couldn't, didn't have damage up, and some did, and it was, like, a whole weird thing. This game, that's not a thing anymore. Um, I think the game does look prettier. Like, it definitely does pop a lot more now. Um, the UI looks a lot cleaner. It's way easier to join games and stuff, even if it still has Nintendo jank. Like, if you join a friend in a ranked game, you can't cancel it for some reason. Uh, in, in regular Turf Wars, you can, but in ranked games, you can't. I don't know why, but the reasoning is, but it's just it's dumb. <laughs> so, yeah, it still has the Nintendo jank, but I definitely feel like a lot of the underlying and, like, um, sort of, like, the behind-the-hood things that, you know, most people won't really recognize at first glance is improved. And it definitely feels like a more, like, a really polished sequel. So, uh, I definitely think it's worth it just for all that stuff. But um, in terms of new content, I think the single player was fantastic. Like, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know if I liked it more than Octo Expansion, but it's definitely on the same level. It definitely has the same creative ideas and level designs. Um, the levels are more bite-sized than they were in 1 and 2, but there's a lot more of them with more interesting ideas. So you're not just doing like a straight level where you shoot stuff. Like, you know, there's times where, oh, you only have this one special, but it's like unlimited, so you go crazy with it. And like, you know, a bunch of other cool little gimmicks and stuff. So um, that was definitely what I really liked about Octo Expansion, and they really carried over that well with this game as well. Um, the single player also had like a sort of like a big sort of hub world for each like you have like six different islands and each of these islands have a bunch of little secrets and stuff uh, and I think that was smart to hide the secrets and stuff in the hub world instead of the levels because it makes the levels more fast paced and fun to play through so I think that was a really good idea they had to sort of mix the mix the ideas of the one and two campaign and the octo expansions to make this and um, I think it turned out really well it, it was a really good campaign I, I really enjoyed it 
Um, Salmon Run is definitely a lot harder now. Um, I'm professional, but like it's it's really hard to win like anything now uh, once you get to the higher levels. Um, they added a new King Salmonids, which are really hard. Um, when you win a match, you sort of have like a meter on the side of your screen. And the more you win, the more like fill that bar gets. And once it gets to a high enough level, you can fight the King Salmonid. And right now it's like this big, big boy. And he sort of like hops and makes giant shockwaves and shit. Uh, the way you're supposed to kill him is kill a bunch of the other boss salmonids and then like take their golden eggs and shoot it at him. But um, it's really hard because <laughs> you mm-hmm. know obviously a lot of players don't know what they're doing and kind of just die. So um, yeah, it's definitely really hard. I've beat it only once and I probably fought it like six times at this point. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a hard thing to win against. Hopefully they add more as well. I think they will. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a cool idea. I do think it might need a little balance tweaking to make it just a bit easier because playing with randoms is obviously going to just be harder in general. So hopefully they just, I, I think they just need to add more time. We only have 100 seconds to beat the thing and that's way too little time. I definitely think this should um, maybe make it like 120, or I'm sorry, 160 seconds or something. I think that would be a better time limit to actually kill this thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, and multiplayer wise, uh, you know, they added more, um, more new specials, which I think are all really fun. I really like to try Zuka, which is like a giant bazooka that you just shoot three <laughs> times. I really love that special. Uh, the killer whale, uh, like five point whatever or five point one. That's a fun one. You just kind of target someone and shoot lasers at them. Uh, I definitely found this, the new specials to be a lot more fun than the Splatoon two ones because they. I feel like they kind of uh, over course corrected themselves where the Splatoon one specials were pretty broken but fun to use, and the Splatoon two ones felt like a lot more boring and not as fun to use. So um, I think just to hit a nice balance between the the two games. Um, and yeah, besides that, the game is just super fun. I'm playing the shit out of it. I'm A minus right now. Uh, I'm gonna see if I get S. Uh, probably not. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a ton of fun. I, I highly recommend it. I think it's a good time. Uh, next game I've been playing, uh, Last of Us Part 1. So, obviously, they remade this game, even though a, a lot of people <laughs> think it didn't deserve a remake and stuff. You know, it's a, it is a PS3 game uh, that came out 10 years ago, but they remastered it on PS4, and people thought, like, why do we need to remake? Uh, obviously, I never played Last of Us ever, so this is my first time really experiencing it. Um, I beat it uh, Summer, so I did all of Summer, and yeah, the game is really good. <laughs> um, I can see why people really like it a lot. Um you know, it really reminds me of when Walking Dead was, like, good. And that that's just sort of what the feel I get from this game. And I, I really enjoy it. You know, obviously, like, the, the voice acting and story are all top-notch. The um, the new facial animations are, like, amazing. Like, they really convey the emotions really, really well of these characters. Um, the new accessibility options are also really good. I've been using the gyro aiming because Splatoon ruined me and I can't aim with sticks anymore. So I just put gyro aiming and it feels so much better to like land headshots. Like it's it's actually really nice. Uh, there's a bunch of other options I didn't really mess with because I you know want to keep the experience pretty pure. But um, overall, I, like the, all the accessibility options are, are really nice. Um, in terms of like the AI improvements, I I, I don't really know, but they do still feel pretty <laughs> dumb. Like you know, the gameplay still feels very PS3 like you know type of gameplay. Like I I find it fun. Like I, I'm having a lot more fun with the gameplay than I thought it was going to have. But um you know you're still scavenging for things. The enemy patrol paths are very obvious. The level design is very much like hide here, hide here. You know like, it's not very <laughs> organic feeling. Um and again I, I don't really know what Night Dog was talking about with the whole AI thing. Like maybe they'd be like oh I found a dead body, but they probably did on the PS3 version. I don't really know. Um, but it, it, it still feels pretty rudimentary. Like, it's just like, oh, standard stealth things. Just go up behind someone, kill them, and, like, you know, don't make noise. So, um, but gameplay-wise, it still feels pretty, pretty kind of old at this point. But it's still fun. Like, I'm still having a good time playing through the game, actually. So, 
Um, but yeah, overall, it's really fun. I can't wait to beat it and talk more about it. But yeah, the story uh, hits hard. You know, all I really know is the beginning and ending of this game. You know, the beginning still <laughs> hits hard because, you know, it's really sad. I knew about the beginning and obviously I know about the ending. But everything in the middle, I don't know anything about. So uh, the end of summer, it was like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, that, that was pretty fucked up. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to uh, play more of the game. And last, uh, I haven't watched too much of this yet. I only watched two episodes because, you know, I was doing everything else. Uh, Cyberpunk Edgerunners. So this was the new anime by Trigger. And they're doing Cyberpunk. This was mm-hmm. announced forever ago, but they're finally doing it. It's on Netflix, right? Si- yeah, it's on Netflix. And everyone's saying it's amazing. And I knew it would be amazing because I love Trigger. And yeah, it's really fucking good. Um, again, I've only watched two episodes. So I really can't say that much yet. All I can say is the animation is amazing. I love Trigger. Like, I love the way they <laughs> animate stuff. The, the backgrounds are also just amazing. They did such a good job capturing Night City and making it feel so alive. It makes it feel more alive than the actual game. Like, they did such a good <laughs> job with it. Uh, just the colors pop really well. Uh, again, animation is really good. I, I'm watching it dubbed because I'm, well, I played Cyberpunk like you know in English <laughs> and it's cool to hear all the dumb slang they use again I'm like oh, what's up Choom like I'm like oh hell yeah dude like that's sick so um and it's pretty good I mean obviously I think the main character is okay like I think his voice is okay uh but I, I think it's pretty okay dub um I also heard the subtitles aren't great on Netflix but I think that's just a thing Netflix has an issue with in general so whatever I'm just watching a dub and it's, it's pretty good for what it is um uh, but yeah overall really good very trigger in terms of style you know it's crazy bombastic it's violent so yeah, definitely looking forward to watching more of it because I just hear it gets better and better as you go on. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to watching more. All but, yeah, right. That's it. So now we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of everything uh, within the news. So first up, we're going to start with the big hitter. Uh, GTA 6, Grand Theft Auto 6 was leaked on Twitter. I think there were like over 90 videos. It seems like that they had a security breach and they were hacked um so yeah rockstar released a statement uh pretty much saying that they had a unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems uh but they were not going to take down anything like none of their life services and obviously they were very disappointed by this so damien did you see any of these videos i only saw like the diner one okay yeah same i saw that one and a couple of others Okay. Yeah, I've only seen the diner one where she like holds up a diner and like steals money and leaves. That that's the only thing I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like obviously there's code and there's fucking hitboxes and like the game yeah. looks a little rough and we don't know how old that build is and yet people on Twitter are like GTA Six looks a little rough and I'm like guys, this game was leaked. We're not supposed to see this shit. Uh, Plus but- they saying that oh, it looks like Watch Dogs as though the text is on screen. Like you know that's like all coding <laughs> stuff, right? Like. Yeah, I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Like, people really don't understand how game development works. Gamer shows he has two IQ, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that what what we saw from that one diner sequence, uh, it looked like that the leaks were true, or like the sort of speculation about a Bonnie and Clyde kind of story with a yeah. female and male protagonist, uh, and them doing you know some GTA shit, and it looks like it's going to take place in Vice City again um so yeah i mean i'm not the biggest gta fan i feel like people that love grand theft auto are mainly people that play grand theft auto online today um but yeah i mean the game looks good from like what we've seen of it from the very early build if that's fucking early i wonder how the final game's gonna look just because i think there was a tweet of someone being like yeah gta 6 looks like a finished ubisoft game which is like a little true The game looked very, very good graphically. Like, I was very surprised by how good the game looked from just 
how quote unquote early on we are within development. So whenever they do decide to fully showcase this game to our eyes, you know, whenever they're actually, you know, ready to present it to us, I'm sure that it's, it's going to look amazing. And I think that, um, obviously breaches like this are not good for anyone, uh, especially with the developers. Cause they're like, Oh shit, people get to see our fucking unfinished work. And, and now they're judging for it, judging us for it kind of thing, you know, you know, yeah. Again, people, People are just dumb. Like, oh, this is like obviously how the game is gonna look. But um, honestly, I was kind of impressed from what I've seen. Like, it actually looks a lot more in development, like more mm-hmm. further along in development than I thought. Uh, like the character models look like really good for what they were. Um, so yeah, it looks like they definitely are working on the game really hard right now. And it kind of sucks to kind of got the you know, got you know the thunder stolen by some random hacker. But you know, I guess it happens. But still, it's pretty um not comfortable to know that. Uh, a 17 year old was able to do all this <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll talk about that in a second um, but yeah uh, de- definitely hopefully they learn from this and like sort of um, put more protection on their servers and all that junk because uh, these data breaches and like whatever are like really dangerous for like online type games because they like take all your information and all that stuff so yeah hopefully Rockstar will double down on their security now because th- this was probably a big like oh shit <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah not great <laughs> yeah but yeah i guess um in terms of who did it it was a 17 year old uh he was arrested apparently uh, so far Greece. so far he apparently. hasn't been charged yeah, with anything. <laughs> yeah not, none of this has been like officially i think confirmed yet but this is just what we know for now um so yeah 17 year old has been arrested by london police for hacking rockstar games and possibly uber so apparently he's been getting into more stuff apparently uh, I, I don't want to say anything too too much because we don't really know for sure what's happening mm-hmm. but this is just the sort of like the latest development on what's going on um, but it's funny how like a 17 year old could have possibly just hacked a multi-billion dollar company that is pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> to think of but again you also ruin your life for what <laughs> so yeah yeah I think that the fact that this was done by a kid is no surprise really you know someone that is of this age like really really young uh, you know they don't fucking know too much about the real world and the real consequences like, hey 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 I'm gonna go leak the most the most anticipated game of all time and see what happens uh, yeah the FBI and fucking everyone's gonna be on your ass to find out who did it bro like what is going on here <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's like you should have known this was coming <laughs> yeah you should have like hit under a rock or some shit I don't know uh, there were definitely gonna be consequences for leaking so much shit as as this person did you know like over 90 videos on twitter and like there was a whole twitter account just like dedicated to just like reposting the videos and i was like okay like this twitter account's not gonna last that long um but yeah uh the fact that they were able to punish or potentially punish uh the hacker so quick is kind of crazy because i'm not even sure if the hacker that got into naughty dog stuff was ever convicted or arrested or anything yeah like that. actually because um there's also a hacker that got into uh, cd project red stuff with cyberpunk and I don't think they got arrested. I'm pretty sure I didn't hear anything about any arrest or anything. But that, like, he leaked the source code for Cyberpunk and stuff. Or was it Witcher? I can't remember. But it was, mm-hmm. like, basically a similar situation here. But it looks like Rockstar was not playing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is still a developing story within the GTA 6 leaks. But um, yeah, you know, hopefully that this person or whoever else did it uh, gets punished because obviously hacking and leaking shit. You know, it may be good for the people when it comes to certain things, but I feel like for this game in particular, there was no sort of warrant for it, if you will. There was no yeah, reason to do like, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of uh, kind of funny. It really is like, 
I mean, this guy made history. This is probably the biggest gaming leak that ever happened ever. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So that, that that's, I guess, pretty cool, but also not cool because you shouldn't have not done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All but, right. Uh, so, um, oh, no. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, I got it. I yeah. got it. I got it real quick. All right. So just really brief. Uh, so today is actually Sly Cooper's 20th anniversary. So oh, yeah, they did a PlayStation blog post of some of the developers sort of looking back on the Sly Cooper franchise, particularly the first one. And also, they announced some new merchandise. So, uh, if you want to read the article of them just sort of talking about Sly Cooper and all of the history that they've done with it, go right ahead. It is on the PlayStation blog. Uh, and on top of that, they released a key art that you can also get in a poster of just a bunch of Sly Cooper stuff. There's a lot of references. If you've played the games, there's a bunch of characters that you will see in uh, the poster. If you really zoom in hard enough, you'll see. Uh, but yeah, then they announced some merchandise. They announced a $32 fucking t-shirt, which is ridiculous. I think that PlayStation gear products aren't even that high quality to warrant that price ever. Actually, it's fucking $34. Uh, yeah, it is. The quality of their stuff is never that high. Cause like I bought a last of us part two shirt before the game came out. Cause I was hyped. And then I also bought a ghost of Tsushima shirt. And then I, and then I bought some other stuff like on clearance, uh, and like their t-shirt quality, like they're not even like that thick, like not to like promote my brand, but like my brand, you know, like we use thicker shirts and like these shirts are not that thick and like not, you know, that sturdy. Uh, but obviously you buy it to support uh, whichever game or whichever series you want. And this is fucking Sony we're talking about here. So they don't even need to charge this much, I feel, in my opinion, uh, for these dumbass t-shirts. But, you know, it's fucking Sly Cooper. So I'm a I'm a throw some money at it. Um, and then they also announced that they partnered with Fangamer to release a Psychopathy plushie. It's not out yet. You can sign up for when it is available. It'll be available early next year. Um, but yeah, I think that you know merchandise like this can potentially show the money making that Sony can possibly make if they made more Psychopathy stuff. But yeah, you know that's why that's why I bought the shirt and I'm anticipating the fucking plushie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's really cool i hope uh ratchet gets something like this as well uh i'll buy a ratchet shirt honestly i really hope um this is gonna make me old because you know i bought ratchet when it was like pretty new mm-hmm. uh and the first game had like this poster i don't know if you remember yeah, it, yeah, uh, yeah. but i would do yeah i would love to have, if they made that poster again i, w- I would love to buy that because I, I don't know what happened to my older one it, it actually might still be <laughs> in the box i actually don't know but that'd be sick to get a new one that I, I really enjoyed that but uh, yeah. i guess we'll see like november i think is ratchet's uh 20th anniversary so we'll see for that yeah and that poster was fucking massive for no reason yeah it was huge yeah <laughs> that's why i didn't put it up <laughs> for no kid, reason so. um but yeah pretty cool stuff <laughs> All right, so next we got some Sonic stuff. Uh, so there was a new uh, Tokyo Game Show trailer where they showed uh, Super Sonic. So it looks like you could just go Super Sonic mid-game, I'm guessing, because uh, they wouldn't just show this if it was a final boss thing only. Mm-hmm. So it's looking like with the Chaos Emeralds you get from the cyberspace levels, you could just turn Super Sonic. I don't know if this is going to be like a Last Island sort of thing, because that's when you get your last Chaos Emerald or what, but um, pretty cool regardless. It looks like you could just go Super in the overworld, I'm guessing, so... Mm-hmm. Um, again, we don't know much yet, but cool, really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that you know the Sonic fandom and the Sonic fan base always goes crazy when like new stuff ever comes out. So they're theorizing that like there's gonna be like a new form for Sonic because like it's been a while uh, since we've gotten one of those. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I'm all down for it. You know, Sonic fans, you know, keep thinking, keep theorizing. I'm 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 obviously all down for it. Um, but yeah, you know, seeing Super Sonic so casually obviously is like kind of kind of weird, kind of funny. 
Um, but yeah, you know, I cannot wait to play this game every single time. Every single time I see new gameplay footage of of uh, Sonic Frontiers, I I just I just get more excited. Like obviously, I'm I'm a lot more hyped for this game than God of War. Not to say God of War is gonna be bad or like I'm not looking forward to it, but like you know, both games come around come out around the same time. If I'm gonna throw my money at one of them, I'm gonna throw it at Sonic first and then God of War yeah, later. I mean. But I'm and the yard card TV Sonic. Yeah, you know? exactly. So like I'm I'm <laughs> looking forward to this game just because it, it actually looks pretty good you know despite it you know having a rough start with the whole ign previews and it looking like it, it's still in like beta alpha stages now the game actually looks a lot more polished so it looks like that they really took that criticism seriously and started to buckle down and you know make the game look good yeah which is great like again like i said before as well um yeah i think the game just looks better and better with each trailer mm-hmm. so i'm actually i'm up to the point where actually i'm excited for the game you know like last time i was like ooh, i don't know it's kind of <laughs> a little not great but now, um, you know, each trailer has made the game look a lot more fun. And I've been hearing, like, a lot of good things about people who actually played the game and, yeah. like, you know, these demo stuff. So, um, yeah, it's really raising my my hype level for it. You know, I still think it's going to get, like, sevens and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be a lot of fun. So I'm definitely looking forward to it now. And I think I think this is a good direction for Sonic to go in for however long he feels like going for it. Because, you know, he always changes his gameplay style sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, um I guess we'll see how this game sells. It probably is going to sell really well, but uh, yeah, hopefully the game is good. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, next bit of Sonic news we got here is Sonic Prime teaser trailer. Yeah. Uh, we get some fully animated sequence with uh, Sonic vs. Shadow and Big the Cast there for some reason, and they're in Green Hill Zone. So yeah, I mean, seeing Shadow in Green Hill Zone, uh, me and Damien said this before the show, yeah, it looks fucking cursed. <laughs> it is very cursed, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sh- Shadow beating Green Hill is not like okay. <laughs> that is not okay, guys. Uh, but I mean, look, you know, Netflix has canned a lot of other s- sort of animated projects. So the fact that they kept this one alive for reasons, I'm sure, because it's Sonic and they know that it'll make money and shit like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It looks good animation wise. It looks like that they're really taking advantage of like the CG sort of, you know, lanky look that Sonic has within this series. So. Um, yeah, I'm sure that this is going to be a lot more aligned with like an action adventure show compared to like yeah. what Sonic Boom was as like a comedy kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it when it drops on Netflix. I'm going to be there watching it al- along with all the other Sonic fans and children. So <laughs> I'm actually surprised how. Yeah, because this trailer sort of geared itself as more of an action thing, which is interesting. I thought it was going to be more like Sonic Boom, where it was a lot you know, more comedic, but still has some action. But it looks more like focusing on that aspect which is cool because i'm like oh yeah all right sure mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know that, that's something i would be more excited to watch is i'm more a little more action oriented or adventure oriented um and yeah in terms of animation i like it a lot it's a lot more um squash and stretch you know like you mm-hmm. know they do a lot of cartoonish animation and i think it looks really good you know i think they're gonna go for like that cg style i like you know i, I like that more than just the stiff 3D animation that some things have, you know, like I, yeah. you know, obviously I love Spider Verse and stuff and seeing like exaggerated movements always, always great, you know. Like I mean, to bring it back to Cyberpunk, like Trigger's really good with that as well. Like they do really big exaggerated movements that look really weird, but the great emotion, yeah. Uh, and it sort of feels the same way here. So I, I'm always down with that. It makes like every action feel a lot more like impactful in a way. So mm-hmm. yeah, just because like a random screenshot looks a little funny when it's moving like as fast as yeah. it is. I hate when, I hate when people do that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, obviously yeah. not meant to be viewed like that. <laughs> it's like oh my god, have you seen this one screenshot of My Hero Academia? It does not look like the manga. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, not a point. it's supposed to be viewed in motion. It is supposed w. to be viewed in motion. 
All right, so next we have the <laughs> this is gonna break the internet when it actually comes out. Yep. The Super Mario movie teaser is coming October sixth at New York Comic Con. So we're finally gonna see the first glimpse of this. This has been announced for like two years already, right? Or a year? Yeah. It's been a bit since uh, Miyamoto was like, you know, dropped the bomb on everyone. But uh, yeah, it's finally we're finally gonna see something about this movie, and I am not happy to see what this what this movie's gonna look like. You know, I'm we're gonna hear Chris Pratt. We're gonna hear <laughs> Chris Pratt's Mario. I am very excited and scared to see what this is gonna be. <laughs> Yeah, I think that a lot of people are scared just because they we've had a Mario movie before and it's fucking yes, no- we did. notorious around the gaming community with the live action uh, setting. And obviously Nintendo is very scared about making this movie, I'm sure. I'm sure that they know what what the repercussions are if their movie is not good. And mm-hmm. because now we now have other video game movies in the market, such as Sonic 1 and 2, the Pokemon yep. movie, uh, Mortal Kombat you know, there's other video game movies on the market that show that, hey, there are good video game movies. So Mario, the most well-known and recognizable video game character of all time, how is their movie going to pan out? And this is only going to be a teaser trailer, so we're not going to see like a full-length trailer for it. Uh, but we will see, hopefully, some glimpses of what the characters will look like, what they sound like. I think that that's like a big thing for people because they hired all of these Hollywood actors to, to do the voices instead of just getting voice actors to do the roles. And I'm sure that that's where most of, of the budget is unfortunately going to, is hiring these actors to do the voices. So I'm anticipating this to be okay. If it actually looks good, I'm going to be excited for it. Uh, but I think that a lot of people are on the side of like this shit is not gonna be good because they've been very hush hush quiet about it but this is illumination and they've done the despicable me movies and stuff like that so they have a a resume of other projects that that they've done before but i did hear i know that that this like a rumor but they did like a a test screening and it it didn't turn out so well so (laughs) uh But yeah, go on. Oh, I, I, I just feel like with Mario, there's like less to really do with him. Mm-hmm. Like Sonic, he has so many different things you could pull from. Um, you know, from uh, the adventure games, the original game, Sonic CD. Um, with Mario, it's just like you fight Bowser. You mm-hmm. know, like <laughs> I mean, Galaxy has some cool stuff, uh, and that's it. Like usually, it's more about the gameplay than anything. Yeah. Um. So like Mario doesn't focus on story, like unless you're Paper Mario. But even then, they ruined that in the other <laughs> games. So. Yeah, like it, it, he's more about the gameplay than anything. So I'm really wondering how they're gonna make a whole ass movie work. Sonic makes sense because he has a lot of like plot lines and stuff to actually do. But Mario, I, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like by next episode, we'll see it. So, which is kind of crazy. So hopefully, uh, it'll be okay <laughs> in my eyes. But obviously, we're just gonna have to wait Doubt. and see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next bit of news, this was just announced a few hours ago. So Spider-Man Miles Morales is coming to PC. That's pretty cool, especially with Hell the yeah. success that they probably saw with uh, the first game. Uh, now they're bringing the uh, sort of 1.5 game with Miles Morales on PC, which is fucking great. I think that Miles Morales uh, as a character is is awesome and amazing, you know, not just because of Spider-Verse and, and everything else uh, that has been coming up with this character in particular, but also just like the game itself is 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 just great like uh insomniac games really knew what they were doing with this character and and introducing him in the first game was very smart to sort of you know uh pave the way to have peter parker be this mentor 
Spider-Man and have Miles uh, sort of come into his own within this game. And obviously, me and Damon have talked about this game before. We both love it. It's it's yep. a great game. And to see what the community has done uh, for the PC port, just adding different suits and different mods and shit like that. I've There was like a first-person view mod of like uh, the the uh, first game and i was like this looks fucking insane so um i'm just very curious to see what people are going to do for this game mod wise yeah and it's so like crazy too mm-hmm. like on steam has so many reviews and stuff like it really did well so it's cool that they're bringing miles as well because i think that game is also worth playing um as well it's not as long but it's still i think really fun i think all the new mechanics they added to the to that game were Super fun, and I hope they bring it back in Spider-Man 2. If you do play as Miles, I think that'd be really neat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, it, it was really good. Like if, if if you have a PC only, definitely put this game on your radar and get it because it's, it's really good. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure that Sony, you know, they're doing this by putting their you know first party flagship titles on PC because they know that this will probably trickle into people being like, maybe I should go and get a PS5 or maybe even like a PS4 and you know buy their games on there, and they'll become a PlayStation fan if you will just by playing the games uh so yeah uh you know i was talking about this earlier with like yeah now people are gonna be like well fuck now i need a ps5 to like get spider-man 2 and shit so um that'll probably happen uh whenever we see more of spider-man 2 and whatever and whenever that game comes out period so <laughs> mm-hmm. all right so next uh we have an iron man game being uh officially announced by ea's motive studio so obviously the, it's scary because like oh EA, but um, <laughs> it is going to be a single player game. So you know hopefully there's no microtransactions or anything too scummy in it. Mm-hmm. But again with EA you never know. Um, but again besides that we don't really know too much besides it being a single player third person action game, which <laughs> doesn't really uh, say much because that's <laughs> most games. But yes, it's supposed to be like that. Um, honestly, like I, I really like the. Um, the Iron Man movie game from like 2007 that was pretty fun mm-hmm. where you just flew around and like shot things. I remember like, playing the demo of that <laughs> yeah like, I think I actually had it because I mean I didn't buy it when it was new I got it when it was like used because mm-hmm. no one you know people buy it and then trade it all the time uh, and yeah that was a good time and hopefully if it's something like that but like you know obviously way better I think that'd be fun I think Iron Man is one of my characters I really want to have a game of like Iron Man and like and Captain America which is happening uh, and Thor, like those three. No, actually, Doctor Strange. Actually, all of them. <laughs> but Iron Man, Iron Man is definitely at the top. Like Iron Man is definitely like such a cool hero to do stuff with because he mm-hmm. could do so many things. He could fly. He could shoot. You know, he has all these different crazy gadgets. Um, it's just like, why wouldn't you want to do a game with him? And um, I'm really happy. Like I said before, all these really, all these studios want to do like good single player games with these heroes because I think they saw the success of Spider Man and the failure of Avengers. They're like, okay, this is the way to go. Um, and it is. I think that that is the way to go. And hopefully we get really high quality uh, superhero games going forward. You know, again, like I said, I do want like a Doctor Strange game. I think that'd be really sick. Um, but yeah, I guess we have to wait and see. But hopefully this Iron Man game is good. Hopefully there's none of that bullshit EA likes to throw in everywhere. But it's like, oh, here, you buy the season pass and you get like all this <laughs> other bullshit. Um, yeah, hopefully it's just a great game. Uh, and yeah, I just want a good Iron Man game, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the most recent Iron Man game is the Iron Man VR game. Um, oh, yeah. and, and apparently that's pretty good on the PSVR and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, getting like a traditional video game where you're just playing as Iron Man and going through a story, you know, third person action adventure, something like Uncharted, uh, I'm all down for. I think that 
we've talked about this again and again, maybe on this episode and previous episodes, but, you know, just having these characters, these heroes, them capitalizing on, on them just making a very good action adventure game outside of the MCU, I think is very, very good. Um, you know, we've saw we've seen it done with spider-man obviously and we've seen it done with guardians uh you know lesser extent with avengers because that game was just not that great because it was a live service game unfortunately but now that they've realized that hey like maybe we shouldn't do that anymore let's just make these games games kind of thing uh make it all just like a single player you know adventure you know say what you will about single player games but there is still a huge market for them it might me included i fucking love single player games and you know whenever i buy a game that's the main reason why i'm buying it for you know people out there are still buying you know the yearly releases of like call of duty the sports games etc you know they buy it for the online stuff but i think that when it comes to outside of that you know outside of that realm and spectrum you know when you buy a game you're mainly buying it for the single player stuff so um yeah hopefully that this will do well um obviously it is ea so it is a little scary but they have <laughs> done a little bit of good here and there uh obviously most recently yeah. partnering with uh that guy that did it takes two and a way out so yes. um hopefully that you know they'll take those same philosophies and transfer it onto moto studios uh oh, yeah. next bit we got here uh just real quick is that they have confirmed that none of the marvel games uh from the different studios will connect to each other uh so this was like a pretty big question that i'm sure the vp of marvel games bill ross bill rossman or bill roseman uh got and he was like yeah no uh, these games are all going to be independent independent from each other and they are accepting the sort of like multiverse idea uh which is great because i really don't want to you know have these studios restricted in a sense we're like oh but like insomniac games is doing this thing so we have to like implement that in our game kind of thing especially when there are different studios or different art departments you know having every single game look the same just won't work with different studios working on every single game you know um so i think that them being independent from each other is a good thing it makes a lot less confusing for people when they buy you know let's say the iron man game and they don't have to worry about oh but like you know is captain america gonna be in this or some shit like that you know um so yeah yeah it just won't work in like a game setting because there's no like main figurehead for like i guess like the game stuff like Mm -hmm. you know obviously the movies they have like the whole planned out um, for games, like, you know, game development is a lot more volatile than movie development. Uh, so, like, things could just happen and you can't just add last minute things. I mean, you can with under heavy crunch, but it's a lot harder to do that than in the movie and stuff. So, um, yeah, it just wouldn't work. Like, you know, I, I, I was talking to you, like, right before the podcast, but I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I think that the Sunair stuff might connect because, you know, that's their own thing they're doing. But if it's, it's not like, oh, the Iron Man EA games aren't going to connect to the. Uh, a Sony like Spider-Man stuff because that wouldn't make sense. So, um, yeah, I think it's better this way. You know, it keeps everything simple, everything self-contained in its own thing. Uh, if you start mixing everything together, it'll be a mess. Mm-hmm. So I think overall, I think this is for, for the best. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, next we have a, a, a surprise announcement. Uh, <laughs> Video Game Donkey announced an indie game publishing company, Big Mode Games. So, uh, you know, he did a whole YouTube video about it, just sort of announcing it. He didn't really have much to show besides it exists uh you know yeah. he didn't have any game he was publishing or anything uh and you know on twitter a lot of people are kind of mixed on it i've been seeing where it's mm-hmm. like well you probably should have shown something and i agree you probably should have shown a game you already picked out that you want to publish uh i think that would have been a smart thing to do but obviously he's new to this um uh again it's hard to tell with donkey if he's joking or if he's serious about certain things yeah um, he's like 
I know good games, so I know how to make publish good games. I'm like, <laughs> yes, I, I think every publisher thinks that, and then they still release, you know, maybe something that's not great. So yeah. hopefully, like, it's mostly him just joking and having a laugh, and he's taking it more seriously than he's saying in this video. Because, you know, uh, anything in game development is hard. Even though publishing isn't directly developing games, it's still, like, you have to advertise for it, you have to localize it, you have to do a bunch of other shit, you have to greenlight stuff or mm-hmm. give funding to stuff, you know? It's a whole thing. And maybe a game looks good on paper and you fund it and it turns out it's kind of not great. That's just something you're going to have to deal with. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he's prepared for that. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's not or anything but it's definitely like a really tricky thing to walk down you know Mm -hmm. i think that him announcing you know this whole indie game publishing thing is great i think that he he obviously likes to play a lot of games so he wants to support this indie game industry in a way financially because he's in that position to do so and him and leah you know he explained the story pretty well i would say of him and her just being like well we want to like fun games. We want to make these visions and uh, games become reality, which is great. And I think that the video itself, my problem with the video is that like he was, like you said, like it, it's it, it's kind of hard for for us to tell whether he's joking or not. But I feel like that this yeah. was one of his more serious videos. Like when he like uh, quit league, like he was very serious in that video. Uh, yeah. But with this video in particular, I also think that he was serious. So him sort of like bolstering himself up and being like, I played a lot of games and like, I know what I'm talking about in this and that, you know, is is a little iffy and sort of like, uh, you know, him like bolstering himself up uh, and sort of like stroking his ego, if you will, uh, which yeah. was not something that I would have liked to see from someone that's like, I'm trying to like support the industry, you know, maybe maybe be in like a much more humble way to be like, hey, you know, like I played a lot of games. I know what I like, but at the same time, like I know that like, I know that he's like not a big RPG guy, so like maybe yeah. maybe he should go and get someone uh, within like his friend group or someone that like he really trusts to be like, hey, like you know RPG. Like if I was doing this shit, yo, Damien, check out this RPG game that I'm trying to find. Yeah. Is this shit good? <laughs> and then Damien will play it and then come back to me, kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I I really agree with that because um you know his what games he likes are very specific. So mm-hmm. him saying I know what makes good games, I'm like, okay, so no RPGs then. Because <laughs> it's gonna be mostly platformers at that point, which is fine. But I also feel like his scope in video games are very narrow in terms of what he likes. Um that I feel like that's not really great for like a publishing thing. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you want to give everything a chance because so many good indie games turn out to be RPGs and you wouldn't know that. I mean one of the biggest ones is Undertale and that's an RPG. Mm-hmm. So like yeah it's sort of uh I feel like your taste has to be pretty varied in order to, uh, yeah. especially if you're gonna be by yourself. Because it seems like it's just him and Leia. Yeah. Uh, like I don't I, like I don't really see anyone else that he's mentioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's helping As of him. right now, yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah. On the application thing, which I will like, you know, give him props for, is that like no NFTs, no crypto, no shit yeah, like that's that. Good. So you know, like he he and her obviously thought about this in great lengths, but maybe not far enough. Um, Obviously, he's new to this. He doesn't really exactly know what he's doing. Um, all the publisher does, in my eyes, in terms of like what I know, is that like they just give them money and like, all right, here, fucking. Yeah, but to do money, advertising, to do all the business stuff, okay. basically. Yeah. Um, 
But sometimes it got fun with it. Like, I know Digital Devolver is really good. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're basically doing what he wants to do, but, you know, they exist to Ravi. Like, Digital yeah. Devolver, like, they do publish hit after hit. Like, you know, they just published, like, Call of the Lamb, and that was really good. Mm-hmm. You know, other games they did were, like, all crazy, creative, and, like, unique. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just have to have the eye for that stuff to really find these indie games. And, like, okay, this has potential. I'm going to boost you up, and mm-hmm. you're going to sell well. Because every Digital Devolver published game does very well because they know what they're doing. So yeah. I'm hoping Big Mode could sort of be a second Digital Devolver because that would be great but um you know if he doesn't then yeah it's definitely gonna be a big you know hit yeah to his like ego i guess mm-hmm. like in terms of, like okay this is way harder than i think it is mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i think that over this next week or two he's he's definitely gonna get very humbled in terms of like what the what the internet says if if he's even reading it at all in terms of like the criticism and the response from it um i know that there was like a thread from like an indie game uh developer who was like hey you know like I don't know if this is like a good idea kind of thing. Yeah. Which I've been seeing a lot of indie developers say that. Yeah. Really. Which like I get because like if you watch Donkey's videos, you know, you'll know what games he likes and which and which games he he, he doesn't like. Cause like he made like a whole ass video about like game reviews. And like he talked he talks about on how like, you know, if you watch a Donkey video, you know what I like. But like if you go on IGN, it's like a whole new writer, whole new person kind of thing. So you know, he just has to keep that in mind when he's like picking games and shit like that. Cause like Obviously, every video game publisher wants to publish good games, but sometimes you might not have that judgment to do so. Sometimes you might be yeah. like, oh, shit, this is not what we wanted. Uh, so, you know, and like the reception isn't as great and things like that. But um, yeah, me personally, like, do I trust Donkey to do what he's sort of outing himself to do? Yeah, sure. I think that he has the eye for good games because obviously he lives and breathes radio games and that's like his whole fucking career um and like after he quit league he obviously opened up his i guess palette if you will and just like played more games that weren't just fucking league um so yeah i mean i hope that he makes good games obviously i really do like the uh, frog mascot i think that that's like very cute and shit like that yeah um but yeah i i hope it does well i'm obviously kind of skeptical because like in his video he was very much like you know egoing himself being like i know what good games are and shit like that and i'm like yeah i think he's being serious so like i kind of don't like the way that he's talking right now so yeah yeah and that kind of goes with his reviews too like i know a lot of people say like it's like oh if donkey say something it's either law or it's a joke so i don't really know anymore <laughs> so like i usually when i watch his videos i take it with grains of salt because i'm like i don't know if you're serious or you're not serious mm-hmm. so i'm just gonna just watch it and laugh and like hope it's like fine mm-hmm. <laughs> so um yeah again I, I think he is pretty knowledgeable about games he does like and hopefully he, those are the games he kind of focuses on publishing but um I, I, I'm gonna give a benefit doubt. Even if his first game he publishes isn't great, I'll give him a few more chances. You know, I think like everyone's gonna stumble the first few games, or whatever. But if the first game is like a hit, then yeah, I'll trust in his judgment. But um, yeah. As of right now, he has a lot to prove, and he hasn't really shown anything. Especially for someone that makes fun of AAA games a lot for basically like over promising and under delivering. He hasn't really <laughs> took that himself. He kind of is over promising and not really delivering much of anything right now. So I, we, we're going to have to see. So yeah. yeah, I hope within the next six months, he picks a game that people have applied for it and been like, Hey, like this is our game and we want, you know, this, this, and this. Cause I was just going through the application process real quick. And like, yeah. it seems pretty in depth where like you can check off whether you need uh, funding, marketing, porting, you know, stuff like that. And like, yeah you know pretty much everything that you would want uh or what they would want for your game is pretty much here uh so yeah and like a release window of when you want it to come out so and yeah so it seems like they've thought it out but maybe not fully so 
hopefully, um, you know, this big mode stuff does pan out well for him because, you know, this is like a pretty big news story, I would say. I guess, yeah, there's a difference between playing a lot of games and like working in it. Yeah, 100%. You know? Like, I. I play a lot of video games. I, I I think I'm pretty varied in my genre selection. Like, mm-hmm. like basically any genre. If you tell me to publish a game or bake one, I'd be like, "What? <laughs> I can't do that." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so same here. Which is why yeah. like I want to do games journalism so I could talk about games and not have to worry about how they're made, kind of thing. But you know, mm-hmm. obviously, be worried about the workers and the working conditions. But you know, everything about working on the game, I don't know shit about. If you try to tell me to like code some things, I'm not nah. Nah, that's not gonna work. Yeah. Um, but you know, even like marketing it and like how how all that shit works, and you know, like yeah, how much money things would yeah. need. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Maybe like a couple thousand. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Maybe that's too high, too low. I don't fucking know. Yeah. So, um, Donkey's definitely heading into uh, unknown territory in a sense. Hopefully that him and Leah are able to work this together and uh, publish some pretty cool games. That I think that. Because of his platform, are obviously going to be able to boost them even more just because of that. Um, but also, just like one last thing, when he was talking about indie games, he talked about like pretty much every single well-known indie game, right? Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that, that was kind of my issue too. Like, those are all indie games that are like humongous. Like, everyone knows about them, so I don't really know what that He's says. Like, yeah, like, Rocket me, League. I was like, bro. <laughs> yeah, if you showed me like Fro Gun, I'd be like, okay, yeah, this guy knows what's up because that's like uh, that's obscure. But like, if you're showing me like, oh, here's like celeste i'm like yeah everyone's sort of celeste <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah maybe maybe he was saying those games as like games that he he wants to publish but at the same time like uh, that makes sense at the same time you don't know if it's going to be the next celeste or the next rocket league or anything like that you kind of just have to bite the bullet and see what happens if you think the game's going to be really really good so yeah um, yeah i guess we'll see <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully some within the next six months right. is what i'm giving them <laughs> I let you handle the next uh, yes. like, two so, things here. We're just going to talk about everything with the Twitch drama. Oh, or not everything, but we're mainly going to talk about the slick. Yeah, not everything. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's there's just way too much shit uh, to talk about yeah. when it comes to the, the uh, Twitch drama. So pretty much we're going to talk about the Slicker stuff because that was like pretty big like mainstream news as well. Uh, with Slicker being accused of scamming. I'm not going to say he was scamming because that's kind of like too, too far. But I think he actually yeah. did confess on stream that he was like borrowing money and then gambling it and then asking for more money so um and that's a that's a part of gambling um so yeah i mean like when this story came out i was just like people actually gave him that much money even when they barely knew him kind of thing uh that was a little sus for me but also at the same time when you're in that position of like you you both are like pretty well-known streamers you're like well if he steals my money i could just out him for it right which kind of happened where like everyone sort of came out and was like yeah uh he's he like asked me for money and like he just never returned it and he also asked his fans which is like fucking crazy to me because like you're kind of like abusing your dynamic of power there where it's like you're the streamer and he's like the you know viewer that probably has like two two viewer andy kind of thing you know (laughs) um but yeah i mean like i've I've never watched Slicker, like, as a streamer. Um, I've only known of Slicker through Yasuo, a.k.a. Mo. And, like, he, I guess, now used to do a lot of gambling streams because uh, he was, like, sponsored and stuff like that. But he was, like, a pretty big, like, league streamer. Um, but he just doesn't enjoy the game anymore. And, like, that's fine. Uh, but, yeah, I only knew Slicker through that. So seeing him pop up in, like, a pretty big mainstream ar- article and sort of mainstream story is a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, it really did like 
so it went to a whole snowball effect as well, which I won't talk about. But yeah, I, I feel like the scamming of streamers and like started just doing it with the gambling thing. Like it was just like a whole a whole thing. Obviously, don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really bad. I was I feel like, well, why? Why would you do that? Like just you know, like mm-hmm. just get the money normally. <laughs> you don't have to scam people. Yeah, and also like he's a streamer, so like if he yeah, wanted to just bunch of money stream anyway. like for a few hours, he probably make. A couple thousand maybe maybe i'm i'm over messing or maybe i'm underestimating because like i know uh mizkif which we won't talk about his drama because his drama is like pretty fucking serious um yeah, i think like yeah. mizkif he showed like the amount of money he made in one month which was like six figures but like he said that that was like a low month and i was like no fucking shot like these fucking streamers are insane when they have like thousands and thousands of viewers and they Bro, i would stream for like a year and then leave like- yeah like- <laughs> <laughs> i mean like yeah, that's like a whole other topic with like just streamers. And I mean, like me personally, I think that most streamers, most big streamers anyways, you know, they go through like mental battles a lot. And I think that that yeah. deals with them, like how they internalize and externalize certain situations. Because like, you know, just like quick example, like Pokemon, she she, she recently went on the uh, Trash Taste podcast and she sort of yes, talked about yeah. like a lot of like her experiences with like uh, streaming and stuff like that and how like she would never IRL stream in LA because she just doesn't feel safe. And I'm like, that's fucking fair, <laughs> you know, because yeah. she would IRL stream in like Japan or like Korea because like she knows that like most of her audience won't be there and like the fucking weirdos and the, you know incels and shit like that won't be there and she'll feel safe even even if she were to irl stream in la she said that even if she had someone else with with her she would not feel safe um but yeah i feel like most streamers they just go through like mental battles because of like the internet and like scrutiny and shit like that for reasons that you know is just the internet honestly i think that that's just one of the reasons why they go through all of that shit um and like when you factor in money and gambling and shit like that like that just it's just a recipe for disaster in my opinion yeah every time you have the gambling thing like uh, it's crazy that it was still a thing like ever mm-hmm. since the whole csgo debacle with the um i forgot what to call it the, the whole you know, csgo lotto shit with team martin yeah there you go yeah it's, it's csgo <laughs> lotto yeah because that was a whole thing a couple of years ago and now that it's back but like actual gambling like it's like real money yeah. this time right that wasn't mm-hmm. like csgo crates that's so much worse like, i'm surprised this was like going on for as long as it did mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot. I know, like XKC was doing a lot of it as well, which is just like I don't know. I feel like as a streamer, you should probably be like, yeah, that isn't okay, because mm-hmm. a lot of people that are watching these streamers are probably like fourteen or something, like they're yeah. the younger ages, and you you showing like, oh, gambling is a cool thing to do. Like, look how much <laughs> money I'm making. It's like no, that doesn't happen at all to anyone. Yeah, the only reason they make money is because they're rich and they can just keep putting more money yeah. to gamble. So it looks like they win. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I know that. Uh, few months ago xqc's like parent like called him and was like are you okay i i, I along the lines of like he lost like thousands of dollars gambling or oh something like that God. but like obviously like xqc could just like make that back easily yeah he doesn't care because, yeah, he makes all that yeah money because back. like he's a fucking like pretty much the number one streamer on twitch if not within the top five if you will um so yeah i mean like just slicker being you know able to go around to like so many streamers and be like hey you know like my bank account got locked and like i need money for you know like my parent or like some sob story then like they would actually give it to him because like they felt bad and like if i was in that position i I may get scammed i don't know i'm i i may fall for that i know that there were some people that were like oh no like i can't do it i know uh nrg flex ninja or 
he 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 almost got got because like uh he was in the transition of moving which was why like he couldn't give him the money so like i'm sure that when he saw all of these stories like holy shit fuck you know (laughs) (laughs) saved his ass there um yeah (laughs) but yeah like i don't know like i feel like loaning like thousands and thousands of dollars to like people on the internet that you barely know but are in the same space is is a little sus i think um even even when people within my life like ask me for money like even if they're like a co-worker friend even if you were to ask like for that much money damien i'd be like i don't know man i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean that's fair yeah i, I have to see you like dying <laughs> or something Please. yeah i'm like, yeah, like okay 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 but i feel like if you're just like i don't know is it hey 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 i need like a thousand dollars yeah please i'm like all right I'll hold on <laughs> i feel like saying your bank account's locked and you need like certain amount of money like right yeah, that's now. like classic like scamming thing like, why would i believe that it's like what you mean your shit got locked what'd you do bro yeah. I feel like you kind of take your goodwill for granted. Like, oh, like, oh, this guy's my friend. He won't. Yeah. Why would he scam me? Then it's like, no, because I guess he has a problem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I think it doesn't come down to Slicker wanting to scam people. I just think it came down to the gambling problem. Yeah, basically. Well, yeah. Well, like, you know, that, that's such a dangerous thing. Yeah. Know? Where it came to just like, oh, like, I, I have more money now. I can win it all back and pay everyone. And then he lost it all. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, shit. Now I got to, like, do it again. But, like, even more. Like, I... I fucking have to hit big. I, I I gotta hit big, which is why it's like, like you said, dangerous for like you know young teenagers to see this and be like, oh my god, he just won like thousands of thousands of dollars. Okay, but if you look at his account, like his bank accounts, I'm sure that they would be within that realm too, if not ten times as much. You know, like they're able yeah. to throw this money away and not really care about it. So, um, you know them. I guess like Twitch being like, all right, guys, we're gonna ban these gambling sites, and they cited the exact ones that people were using, like. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Stake.com, Rollbit.com, those sites. Like, I thought that that was kind of crazy because I'm, I'm going to be honest. I tuned into Yasuo stream for like maybe like five minutes, like when this gambling stuff was happening, happening <laughs> because for some reason he was still streaming it. And I was like, okay, bro, I guess. And like, I tuned in for like three seconds or like a few minutes. And like, he was, he was doing it on, uh, Stake.com, which, which like when Twitch cited that, I was like, oh shit. Yes, well, was fucking Mo <laughs> needs a new job or some shit. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Um, but yeah, I think that Twitch banning just like gambling content in general is good because, like you said, Damien, uh, with the whole like CSGO Lotto thing, you know, we don't see T Martin or Phantom Lord in the spaces. No. I don't know what happened to Phantom Lord. He's in Mexico, I think. <laughs> he probably I is. He's probably trying to yeah. evade the US government, but. Um, yeah, you know, with, with all of those, like, gambling, you know, just, like, fucking money schemes, if you will, uh, you know, I think that gambling in content in front of, like, an audience like Twitch, where, like, a lot of them are going to be younger kids, you know, there's no way to really verify who's, you know, what age or whatnot, you know, um, I think that just, like, getting rid of it in general is, like, it's fine in my eyes. I mean, like, obviously, like, I don't consume it, and, like, at the same time time we're both like adults where we know to be like sort of responsible with our money you know kids are gonna be like if i take my dad's credit card and i put a hundred dollars in i can make it into a thousand dollars you know (laughs) yeah like it's just such an easy thing for a kid to see i mean that's why loot boxes were so dangerous yeah like you know it's like oh it's like a like a gamified version of it like it's like oh you get in-game items items but you still got paid the money for it i mean i know i i was really like into like the um tf2 crates when tf2 was a thing mm-hmm. you know i was spending like whatever like 
Christmas money. I wasn't like that bad, but I would spend it on some keys to open some crates. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get unusual, which is like a fancy hat. And then I didn't get it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, shit. I could have used that to buy a game. So, um, yeah, definitely like, you know, be careful with that stuff. I'm happy loot boxes are finally sort of like being phased out from like everything now because those were horrible. Now and, it's um, FOMO. Fear missing out with the limited time shops. Not, not, yeah, now it's FOMO with uh, battle passes and um, those limited time shops now. No one's going to get you some way, but at least that one... You know what you're getting. It, yeah, at least you know what you're getting, even though I still think it's bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, I it's, like, loot boxes, I felt were, like, just straight up, like, ah, this is gambling, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why I, that's why I hate, like, gotcha games and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, it's just gambling for waifus, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. I need my anime JPEG. Please, Genshin, please! Hey, at least Genshin, you could, like, move them, right? <laughs> at least you're, like, using them. <laughs> so... But still not great. But yeah, I remember when I was younger and like Pokemon Black and White was out and I was like fucking pretty much borderline addicted to buying the fucking trading cards. Like I was just buying those yeah. like like it was none. And like it was really bad because I was like, I need this one card. And instead of buying it online, I'm going to buy like 10 packs to see if I could get it. <laughs> you know, um, Actually, I was like that with Hearthstone as well, because I, I wanted to make a good deck because I was playing the game pretty like consistently. Mm-hmm. And you would just spend like so much money and not get jack shit. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you know, gambling content just because it's like so easy to show younger viewers to be like hey you know i'm a streamer and i got this much money i'm gonna put this much money in and see if we win it you know and then they keep going and the cycle repeats because like gambling is like it's a pretty dangerous thing and i could see why some people get sucked into it because it's like when you hit the high it's like ah shit like i gotta go again you know like i gotta i gotta you know hit even bigger and you know get even more money and shit like that and you know, sometimes it's got to let it go. Even even if you think you're going to hit big, just fucking let it go. But that's why you should always, you know, when you treat gambling, if you go to a casino, always spend that money like entertainment money. Like yeah. you put $100 in, and it's like, I'm not getting that money back. Even if I do make money, just act like that you only have $100 and like leave. You don't have to have fun, you know? Yeah. If you're there to make money, you're going to lose because the house always wins, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... Um, I'm fine with Twitch uh, banning this shit because I wasn't watching it anyways. But at the same time, yeah. I, I I see the effects that they can ha- this can have on the younger audience that Twitch has. So, um, you know, I don't mind them doing this. Obviously, there's a whole lot, bunch of other stuff that Twitch has been doing, like the 70-30 thing that they did with the payout. Yeah. Now it's all 50-50, which I think is bullshit. Just like real quick. I think that that's sort of stupid oh, yeah. for them to do because... Is it Amazon we're talking about? You know, they got Bezos bucks. Like they can they can afford the 70-30 split to give to the streamers because streamers work, you know, like whether whether you want to admit it or not, when streamers are on, they're working. You know, whether they're playing a game for fun or they're playing a game competitively, they're working because it it does take a lot to be entertaining and good enough at a game on stream. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be on at like you know, I'd be on 100% of the time, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, at work, you could be like, oh, whatever. I don't <laughs> no one really gives a shit. But, like, when you're a streamer, you have to be, like, happy and energetic and shit. Or else people notice right away, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, people notice if you have low energy on a stream because it's like, why are you sad? <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> so, yeah, pe- people will notice. So Or if you get big enough and you're just able to sort of just, like, cruise or whatever and just, yeah. like, do whatever. Like, I know... Uh, I don't watch a lot of Hassan, um, but I know Hassan, you know, he just goes through like the, the uh, news cycle and just like talks about it and reacts to uh, it. Political yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, he's doing that, but like that's just like his niche and that's how he came up on Twitch. So, 
Dude, that's um, crazy. I would I would be so miserable. <laughs> I like, mean, but that's uh, what he likes. That's what he, he that's true. That's what he likes to talk about, which is why people go to his streams because he's he's able to bring that knowledge. And you know, when you watch a pro player, you know you can tell when they're playing bad, and it's not fun when they're playing bad. Uh, so yeah, you know, I think that uh, them doing that sort of fifty fifty split now, all bullshit. So. Hmm. I agree. Uh, but last thing uh, we're going to talk about here is uh, G2 CEO Carlos faces backlash after partying with Andrew Tate. He later apologizes. Yep. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oopsies, guys. Uh, it looks like me partying with a uh, well-known, uh, very polarizing negative figure in uh, the space is not a good thing. Uh, yep. So, yeah, at first he was like, uh, I'm not going to apologize for, you know. Uh, okay, okay. So here's the exact tweet. No one will ever be able to police my friendships. I draw my line here. I party with whoever the fuck I want. Uh, So, yeah, obviously that was not good. Uh, And then he later apologized and was like, all right, guys, uh, I'm going to take (laughs) eight. Just kidding. All right, guys, my bad. You know, I realized that that was not, you know, a okay thing to do. So he's he's now taking eight weeks of unpaid leave uh, following that. So, um yeah, and even people that are part of G2 or within the space that G2 uh, operates in, such as uh, League of Legends European Championship sort of casters and personalities sort of, sort of came out. I was like, bro, what the fuck did you just say? Uh, and, you know, people again being like, fuck Andrew Tate because Andrew Tate is a fucking... Garbage? Yeah, yeah. He, is, <laughs> he is a piece of shit and a misogynistic and he once yeah. again influences the younger crowd of yeah, yeah younger crowd of men which is very very dangerous and i feel bad for women uh even our age uh, that are trying to date because i'm sure that some of them follow andrew tate for reasons uh that i don't fucking know um but yeah you know and you know them being like oh yeah like you're a fucking idiot carlos you know um so what do you think, Damien, before I go on to the next thing? <laughs> yeah, um, basically, um, I think it's really deserved that, you know, he's getting let go and, like, you know, because, you know, him just saying all that stuff and be like, oh, no, just kidding. I'm like, yeah, all right. Like, because Andrew Tate's, like, a massive piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just don't do that. <laughs> you know, and if you're partnering with someone like that, that means you probably share their views as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like like the people that are freaking partnering with like Jeffrey Epstein, like, you know, probably share <laughs> the same views, you know? So I was like, yeah, don't, don't do that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just think it's so easy to not get canceled. Like, just just don't hang out with like garbage people. Yeah. Easy, you know. I think that, <laughs> I, I don't think it's that hard. I think that it is very funny when people were like, "So G 2s all female team was this just all for show or like what's going on uh, here?" Yeah. I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" Like that is that is a little yeah. Put up. everything under perspective. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. like, bro, like, do you actually view this or, or are you just playing it up? So, um, you know, Valorant. Just like as a side tangent to this story, so Valorant announced uh, the franchising teams, which you know I could talk about franchising and how I feel about it. But the main thing is that apparently G two was supposed to be part of the Americas VCT, not EU. Uh, despite them having a EU team, they were supposed to be part of the Americas franchising spot. And there's only five North American teams, so I believe they were going to be part of those five. Um, and unfortunately, uh, because of the recent stuff that happened with Andrew Tate. Riot pulled out, um, and because of that, uh, they 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 were apparently going to pick up the Xset roster for Valorant, which is like the top three best Valorant teams in North America. And because of that, uh, now they are now 
not going to do that, obviously, because they're not part of the franchising. So now those players are all going to be spread out and sort of just have to go on their own ways. And that team, that roster may not ever play together again within the same infrastructure and everything. So um, that sucks, especially since because, um, you know, like they were they were going to stick together, apparently. And now that this uh, VCT stuff, which like franchising this way of franchising, I think is. A little dumb, especially since because North America Valorant has so many good teams, so many good players, so many good rosters. It's like you're limiting it to five North American teams. How is this going to be? I guess it will be like the most competitive where like you every single team has a chance of beating everyone kind of thing. But at the same time, there's not a lot of like competition, competition, because I feel like that there could easily be 10, 10 teams within uh, Valorant that can beat anyone kind of thing. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. <laughs> well, usually it's like Korean, right? <laughs> yeah, because like uh, right. right now, I mean like Brazil uh, most recently just won like the world's equivalent to Valorant. So like maybe I'm like hyping them up too much. But as of right now, like NA is like pretty good at Valorant. You know, uh, we'll see it in a few years from now. Um, but <laughs> NA is finally good at something. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that franchising, like in and of itself, it just limits the talent pool that can compete at, at like a tier one level. Um, especially since because they're limiting the team so much. But you know, I get why they pick these teams uh, for North America, 100 Thieves, C9, EG, NRG, and Sentinels, because those are good uh, organizations, you know, uh, to have represent your league in particular. You know, if they had G2 in there, that would have been a little sus, especially since, you know, the Andrew Tate stuff happened so recently. So, um, but yeah, you know, uh, we'll see what happens with the whole Valorant franchising stuff, because I am... I am still very much against with franchising in esports, because I feel like that it just limits teams and organizations being complacent and just sort of like filling rosters just to fill rosters because that happened with league of legends franchising like if you look at the beginning of franchising for both north america and eu the teams are different like there are different teams because some pulled out and some are you know entering in as like new organizations and shit like that so you know why not just have that implemented into the system obviously like regulations is like very scary because like that was like a thing within league with like regulations like the bottom two lcs and eu team just got sent to like a fucking like death match against like the academy squad but i think that that was a lot better than just having them you know sit around and just collect their paychecks or whatever but that's enough of my rant (laughs) (laughs) um yeah basically uh yeah esports are cool (laughs) (laughs) esports are cool so we'll move on from there we're going to talk about she hulk episodes five and six uh so these are going to be spoiler discussions so damien let me give my voice a break. What do you think about these episodes? Yeah, uh, I thought they were pretty good. I mean, I, again, She-Hulk is kind of like, um, you know, it's more meant to be a fun series. You know, I, I still don't think you're supposed to take it that seriously. Like, just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Like, episode five was just them, right? That was the fighting for the trademark for the name. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, mm-hmm. that was basically the whole episode. Uh, you know, you learn more about, you know, Jen Walker, Walters. Yeah, Walters. Mm-hmm. Um, and all her stuff. Um, you know, you get some teases at the end of some stuff, like in this episode, that was with the Daredevil mask, yes. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was with the Daredevil mask. We saw it, you know, the yellow one that we've been seeing. Um, you know, he's probably going to show up here at some point, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is waiting for it. Um, but yeah, I guess it's more just a fun thing, and if you find it funny and stuff. You know, I, I laugh a few times, you know, but um, it's definitely something you're not meant to take as seriously as like some of the other shows they have going on. Um but I still think it's cool to sort of see, like, um, how the MCU and all these wacky heroes sort of, like, interact with, like, I guess, a more real 
world setting, I guess. Like, oh, this is just how people are living their lives. Like, some dude is just immortal. He just keeps killing himself <laughs> to get away from stuff. Like, I thought that was pretty funny, actually. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's still good. Like, you know, I, it's it's really hard to say anything about it because there's not too much substantial things you can say about it, right? It's yeah. kind of just, like, more of a sitcom type thing. That's like I'm trying to do a detailed analysis of, like, Seinfeld or something. <laughs> like, I, I probably could say more about that. But, you know, I, I still I still enjoy it a lot. Like, it's, it's an enjoyable thing to watch, but it's not, like, you know, I'm not, like, engrossed, like, like you know, Loki or, or Moon Knight or something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, definitely. I think that She-Hulk uh, episode five was pretty fun just because it was, like, oh, like, what's this aftermath with the trademark thing? Because that was, like, very, yeah. very interesting. So seeing, like, that, I guess, like, court case play out was pretty cool. Um, and... Also, her sort of, you know, discover that, like, people view her as two different people with, like, Jen Walters and She-Hulk. And that's a little bit played into the sixth episode with the whole wedding thing, which, like, people are a little upset about. Me included. Just a little bit. I'm not going to be, like, you know, like, this episode is, like, complete bullshit or whatever. Because, like, I could see why the writers wrote this episode in. Because, like, you know, they're trying to, you know, keep people on the edge of their seat for when daredevil was going to show up because they teased it at the end and then they were like all right now the now they're gonna think he's gonna show up next episode which i thought too because i'm a fucking idiot and then it was like like, it was like oh it's a wedding episode all right i'm gonna still watch it because i'm you know fucking whatever uh but like the episode itself like it definitely played into like her her being like oh like her friend lulu doesn't want her to be she-hulk because it'll take the attention away and she was like oh but like I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's still a fun show. It's still, you know, playing it into that sitcom thing with the whole fourth wall breaking. I like that within episode six, they were pretty much straight up like, yeah, this is going to be the unnecessary wedding episode because, you know, weddings just happen randomly. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I guess so. so. <laughs> um, but yeah, the whole other plot line with the, with the guy with like the many different wives or whatever that he was like faking his death with that shit was yeah. just so funny and stupid i was just yeah. like what the fuck is this <laughs> just fucking jump off the fucking roof <laughs> oh my lord yeah uh yeah that, that, uh, yeah it's kind of a weird part where i'm like i think i enjoyed the b plot more because <laughs> it was funny <laughs> yeah for once for once the uh yeah. B plot was a little more interesting but um the whole thing at the end uh with them i guess like teasing like there's like this whole like plot around like them trying to get like her blood or whatever uh, which yeah. is still a thing. So, um, and also like that quick scene with them going on like the Q Anon sort of shit or whatever, like that website. Right. I was, oh yeah, the Reddit <laughs> thing. Yeah, I'm like, what was this? I mean, yeah, because I saw like the upvote downvote thing. I'm like, what, is this like Reddit? Like, yeah, like, like they're canceling her. Like they want to kill her. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> what nah, the fuck? That shit was kind of crazy because it, it it does mirror reality in a sense because there was that recent it, story with the Q Anon guy who like killed his yeah, family. Yeah, stuff. that shit was a little. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Um, I saw that because it was a um, I just really off tangent or whatever. <laughs> there was like this ass no not ass Reddit it was some Reddit thread it's like oh my god like my, my father just killed my yeah. whole family I'm like okay I'm like alright that's bullshit and then I look in the comments like holy shit that was real <laughs> I'm like oh my god so yeah that was pretty awful um, yeah. but yeah I guess it makes sense to like sort of touch on those things I mean the MCU has been getting more into the uh, uh, you know real life issues which makes sense uh, the comics didn't really shy away from it that much either like you know with the, the whole thing with um Captain uh, Captain Falcon, Winter Soldier type stuff when they were dealing with the whole, you know, racism and all that stuff, which, you know, felt fitting for that show. Mm-hmm. This were kind of dealing more with a misogynistic and, like, incel type deal. Yeah. Like, that also makes sense. 
Um, it was just kind of weird to see in the thing. It, it always reminded me of um, the Batman because they yeah. also kind of did that with uh, the the Riddler mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, yeah, I find it very very interesting to see the reactions on Twitter and people like these memes suck and i'm like yeah they're supposed to suck because they're stupid yeah um yeah, you saw your memes <laughs> like, you, you, yeah you, you can't do anything um but yeah you know just seeing uh that sort of stuff being touched on and discussed especially after the first episode where you know she's like i'm always angry kind of thing um so mm-hmm. you know them playing into that i don't mind obviously i think that them sort of bringing that to light and bringing it into a show in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is fitting because obviously there's a lot of eyes on the MCU. So people that are, you know, to those people that are continually watching this stuff, you know, they can see that, hey, you know, like this happens, you know, shit like this is real. And it and it, it, it does mirror reality in a sense. So, um, but yeah, you know, just like overall, it's still, you know, touching on those subjects, but, but at the same time providing a show that is so stupid and funny. And like the writers for this show, I think that people have been really, uh, praising the writers because of this last episode of like that just that one bit of the fucking reddit thing you know uh, yeah. <laughs> they are very much self-aware of what people are going to say about this show before it even comes out you know like with the whole like twerking after credit thing you know like people were like <laughs> they're, they're very self-aware yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they are very self-aware of like what's gonna happen when when it drops and what they're gonna see it's on social media very it's just so predictable. Yeah, that's why. Like, like it's, you, you, you know what's gonna be the reaction. So. You know what these motherfuckers are gonna say. So and they do it anyway. It's like you prove them right. So I yeah. don't really know what you're <laughs> trying to get here. So, but um, yeah. On a much lighter note, I'm excited to see Daredevil. Uh, despite I'm not being in episode six, I'm not gonna say that. You know, I am disappointed or angry because I am a little. But at the same time, those were my own personal expectations that I was setting for myself when nothing really pointed to the fact that episode six was gonna be Daredevil. You know, it's probably gonna happen within the next three because that's that's the end of the series there's only going to be three more episodes so hopefully it'll happen within the next two because i cannot wait to see charlie cox within that role again and seeing him within the actual mcu so um yeah you know cannot wait to see what happens next yeah it's kind of interesting to introduce such a i guess a more mature character and such a goofy show (laughs) to begin with so we're gonna see how his tone is in this one, but it's gonna be interesting when he finally does show up. So. Yeah, I think um, I don't know if you watched it, but there was like a I guess like mid season like trailer to show like what else is gonna happen. Oh, I didn't. Know. Yeah, so like there was this trailer and they showed like uh, Charlie Cox being like I guess like kind of like a mentor to uh, Jen Walters, being like you know uh, Jen Walters can help people when you know through the law and then she hulk can help them when the law fails them which is exactly what he does as daredevil so you know seeing those two sort of collide which is why like i was pretty excited to see him show up within episode six but obviously it didn't happen but like i said it's fine uh when he does show up i cannot wait to see how that episode plays out and i'm sure twitter's gonna go crazy and i'm gonna get fucking spoiled by it before i watch it so um (laughs) just just how (laughs) just how it always is but um yeah so far so good with she hulk i'm still liking it enjoying it especially since because this is a much shorter show in the grand scheme of things with the 30 40 minute long episodes and you know not a whole lot of i guess stakes at hand you know it's very much playing into that comedy yeah um that's all i gotta say about that (laughs) (laughs) not too much more to say All right, so we'll move on from there. We got Andor uh, that has officially released episodes one through three. And uh, we were wondering why all three episodes dropped, but now it makes sense because uh, all three... It's one big episode. Yeah, it's pretty much one big episode. So spoilers for this as well. Uh, We're going to talk about it. Me and Damien are not the biggest Star Wars fans, but we will try to give our insight and and our opinion on the show. But yeah, I think uh, focusing a show on Cassian Andor is very 
cool and very interesting because I think that he is definitely my favorite character within Rogue One um, next to the other female protagonists. Um, so having a show centered around his stuff, I am down with seeing where he came from, sort of give 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 a bigger idea of his story uh, and how all three episodes connect to, I guess, like his his whole thing of just like leaving home, you know, leaving this place that he has called home his pretty much his entire life, you know, and seeing how it all comes to an end with uh, the uh, main seller guy being like, I know who you are, bro. And I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it makes sense that this is one big episode. Because just watching it like one episode and then two episodes, I'm like, I'm confused <laughs> with what's happening. So, but once obviously once the final episode happened, I'm like, okay, now everything makes sense. So it really is just one big episode. So we kind of view it like that. Um, again, I haven't watched Rogue One since it came out, so I kind of forgot everything. But it, I don't think it really matters that much. Like I know what happens to him and I know what he does, so I think that's good enough to start with. But I don't remember any of the other characters. I remember the robot, and I remember the guy that did uh, the forces with me, the forces with you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about it. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't really think any of that really matters too much. I think the show does a good job sort of introducing you to everything. And honestly, the thing that really pops out of my mind in this show is, is how much darker it is in terms of like tone. You know, um, it makes sense because this is a show. Uh, I'm pretty sure about the resistance. I'm pretty sure like the, you know the resistance really got big like during this time, and you know his actions in Rogue One really set off like the events of the original trilogy to begin with. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Basically, there's, like, no hope, right? It's just, like, oh, the Empire just kind of owns everything at this point. Even though you don't see the Empire, which I kind of like. It mostly deals with, like, these own corporate police people. Um, but, you know, yeah, like, even in the first scene, like, it's, like, a pretty pretty intense scene for, like, a Disney Plus show, which was great. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this show should aim for a more gritty sort of uh, take on, like, Star Wars just because, you know, there's no Jedi. He's not, like, a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just a dude. So <laughs> it, it's, really, it, it's really cool to see him... You know, kind of act like a like a Han Solo-y type thing where you know yeah. he he's kind of like sly with his words, like you know he makes favors with people, like he's not really strong in the sense of like you know I'm gonna shoot like forty people, but like you know, um, all that stuff really makes him a unique character, and um, I think they did that really well throughout this whole like sort of first arc, I guess. Yeah. So I think that um, you know what the show does really well is just like fleshing out his character obviously with with these first three episodes obviously the whole backstory stuff you know you don't really know what's going on until like the final episode it's like oh okay yeah. okay okay now i get it and you know when it all comes together at the end with him leaving home and when he was coming home quote unquote you know when he was younger yeah. so you know having these three episodes together obviously makes sense and i think that the first scene like you said very much sets everything up where it's like he just fucking killed like these cops kind of thing you know and i was like let's fucking go like you know having (laughs) having that be in a disney plus star wars show i'm all down with i feel like that they were able to get away with a lot more i guess violence and action within star wars because it's star wars you know we got blasters and shit you know but i think that within kenobi when like that that a trooper got like sliced in half that shit threw me off i was like what the fuck just happened holy shit yeah (laughs) um but yeah you know a very strong start for these first three episodes some people are comparing it to just as good as the mandalorian because of you know it's like action and sort of like it's suspense um but yeah and like we get to see like i guess like andor's world of characters right before you know he sets off on his uh adventure or whatever so um yeah you know i really like binks and like people were very sus of tim because it's like Tim. Yeah, fuck Tim, bro. <laughs> I'm happy he's dead. I was like, Tim and Binks. How did Tim pull though? And then uh yeah. like at the end of episode two, 
my girlfriend put it together she was like wait is he a traitor because like they started saying like who knows that like uh andora is from uh like uh, i forgot what it was yeah, called yeah. cast yeah cat uh, fucking hell i forget uh the cassian or yeah, something yeah, yeah. i forgot what uh, it was yeah. I think that's his name, Cassian Andor. Uh, but uh, uh, I forget his fucking home planet. But yeah, like people were like, "Yo, how, how do how do does anyone else know that like he's from Canari, Canari?" Ah, uh, Canari. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I was like, "Oh, okay." So like, who's the who's the traitor? And like, when Tim died, I was like, "All right, cool." Sus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like being like a weird like traitor and like simp and stuff. Yeah. And, like, just get out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm happy he died. Um, but honestly, like, yeah, like, you know, again, just the whole scene with, like, all the, the cops sort of raided in and stuff and seeing the whole town sort of, like, pulled together because, like, yeah, fuck these guys. So that, was pre- <laughs> that was pretty sick. Um, honestly, like, the whole set designs and everything is really good. Um, you know, I, I think Mandalorian hit that as well. Like, Kenobi felt a little, <clears throat> like, a little cheaper with it. Not cheaper, but I definitely felt a little more... It could use more of a budget. Like, this one, I definitely felt like they... It looks really good. Like, I think they really set the the ambiance of everything like especially the first scene like with the rain and then like like the bright neon signs and stuff like, that was really good uh and just like the weird planet he's on mm-hmm. um yeah I, everything like just looks really good um and uh you know same goes for the acting as well like i think the acting is really good um like when um he was looking at the droid and like the droid tried to tell him something but like his not mom was like saying stuff and like <laughs> yelled at her i mean that was really good like you know so yeah yeah i think that uh you know his world of characters we were introduced to them obviously very briefly for just these three episodes before he you know dipped off and i'm sure we probably will see them again before the series ends because he said that he would be back but we don't know how much that holds true um but yeah you know i very much liked the way that this show took action and sort of you know i like it when action serves the purpose for the story you know like him killing those two officers in the uh beginning uh you know he was he was in that situation and he had to do what he had to do. A brother had to do what he had to do. So he, <laughs> he did what he had to do. And then uh, in the the second part where like he caught like that that officer guy, I forget what his name is. Me and my girlfriend called him the fucking like Ben Shapiro looking ass motherfucker. Because <laughs> he looks like him. No, no. He looks more like I don't know if you ever watched Psych, but he kind of looks like Lassiter from Psych, but like younger. <laughs> I, I didn't show Kofi because Kofi watched Psych. I'm like, he look. He, I, I looked up his. Like, no, he looks too young to be him, but he looks like a younger version of him. It's really weird. But yeah, when he pulled up on him, I was like, let's fucking go. Yeah, and like he. Yeah, I thought the whole. Oh yeah, I, I just thought the whole dynamic with the cops are really good too. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, I feel like he was the one that wanted to do all the stuff that he wanted to find the people doing this but he had like he was like weirdly nervous about everything too so like the fat <laughs> cop was like sort of doing everything for yeah. him and when he saw everything fucked up he's like the dude was just shell shocked bro like he didn't know what to do so yeah like that, that I thought that was really good and I, I, I really like that these are the main villains yeah instead of being like stormtroopers because stormtroopers you know you can't see their face you don't really get that attached to them they're just fodder like these guys actually feel like you know like you can actually connect to them and like you know you get what they're going for um and you know you could like just see them as a villain instead of just like faceless stormtroopers mm-hmm. everywhere so his name is cyril which i thought oh, okay. was someone else's name but yeah cyril <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah and i'm interested to see what's going on like you know with the seller and like all this all this crazy stuff obviously like we know how you know stuff happens like i don't know if they're really gonna get i don't really know how, if they're gonna get too much into the rogue one stuff 
with you know the Death Star and stuff, but um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm not too sure. If I had to guess, the show is going to be about him joining the Resistance and sort of join that cause. Yeah, because like that's probably when it's going to end. Yeah, because yeah. um, uh, what's his name? Uh, I guess Ferrix. Is that the fucking uh, goddamn? Oh no, that's the fucking planet. I'm dumb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the the, uh, the fucking seller guy. You know, he was like, yeah, the seller guy. He was yeah. like, you're talented. You know what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah. oh shit. All right, here we go. Here we go. This is. Join the resistance. <laughs> this is where it all comes together, if you will. So, um, yeah, you know, I am I am excited to see what else the show has to offer because uh, so far so good. I am very much liking uh, what we have of Andor. Uh, you know, despite it being a show that like isn't really pushed that heavily when it comes to the other Star Wars stuff because it is like Rogue One. You know, Rogue One stuff isn't I guess that highly loved, if you will. Um, but yeah, I really did like the set pieces, the action sequences. You know, I feel like that this show. Had a really strong start, you know, despite it being a huge, I guess, like three hour long sort of thing. You know, it makes sense because of, uh, you know, what what this uh, show is talking about. Yeah, I, I do think it starts a little. Maybe, well, it doesn't start slow, but I feel like the middle is kind of slow. But once it goes to the end, it, uh, it gets really good. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So last part of the show, uh, we are going to talk about the state of play and then the Nintendo Direct. So the state of play um you know as always it was all right. it was a state of play it was all right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not a lot i mean um it's cool that that yakuza game but i guess it's called like a dragon now they're not calling it yakuza yeah. anymore um this was actually a ps3 game that never left japan because they felt it was too japanese for <laughs> americans uh basically it's just like a spinoff for the like in feudal japan for some reason um so now they're just pointing it here so that's pretty cool uh you know tekken 8 there's just some tekken 8 stuff that's kind of cool um, a lot of other Japanese developed games, uh, Rise of the Ronin. I think that's made by Team Ninja or something. I forget. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's like yeah. So that's the it's like their next oh, big yeah. game. Yeah, is it is the next big game because I think they finished Neo and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the next thing they're doing. Uh, and you know, we got a God of War Ragnarok trailer, which was very. Do, all right, all right, so first they showed the c- t- controller, right? I'm like, there's no way they're ending the show on a fucking controller like <laughs> trailer. And then I like, right, good, they played a trailer. Thank God. Um, but yeah, the, the game looks really good. I'm very looking forward to God of War Ragnarok. Um, they show a lot of really cool plot points. Like they showed like Kratos gonna fight Thor. Can't wait to do that. In the game. <laughs> and um, yeah, overall, I'm very excited to play that game. Uh, you know, I love God of War 2018, and I'm excited to play Ragnarok again. I don't know if anything gonna be Xenoblade Three at this point for Game of the Year, but it could come close. So um, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, I'm at the point with God of War where they just they should just re- uh yeah, really yeah, I just gotta come <laughs> yeah, because because like I've seen enough of the game where I'm like, okay, like it looks good. All right, cool, give me, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Um, but the rest of the state of play, uh, I'm very much excited for Rise of the Ronin. I think that that will be a pretty cool action RPG, just to you know, because of Ghost of Tsushima, sort of, I guess, like making the feudal Japan setting, you know, I guess really hot, yeah, yeah. really yeah. cool, you know. So people are like, oh shit, like we could do this. So. Uh, other studios are going to take their crack at it and tell other stories, which is going to be pretty dope. Uh, the Yakuza spinoff, like a dragon, I thought that, that that was pretty cool just because, like, you know, that is a game that was in Japan only, but, you know, times have changed and people are very much, uh, you know, looking for games that are, you know, Japanese oriented and, you know, with the rise of, I guess, like different cultures and anime, if if you will. Uh, so, you know, people are <laughs> people are looking to play that game in. They did briefly talk about PlayStation Stars, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't give a shit about it still. So, um, yeah, you know. 
as long as not NFTs and everything <laughs> says not, so that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, state of plays are state of plays. What can I say? Unless it's like a a actual like presentation showcase. event. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, like a showcase. I, I, f- I feel like the showcases are always a lot bigger. State of plays are yeah. just them being like, all right, like here's some things that we have that we're ready to announce, but we're just going to throw it into one show kind of thing. So yeah. State of plays always that kind of whatever, like the showcases are what you want to look forward to. Mm-hmm. But we also had a direct yep. at the same day. <laughs> and you know, some people have things to say about direct. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it, it kind of, had the things I wanted to have, mm-hmm. you know, had a good beginning, middle, and end like these usually do. Um, so I guess I could talk about the first thing, uh, Fire Emblem Engage. So this is very controversial because, <laughs> you know, um, Three Houses is pretty much liked by everyone. It was a great game. I love Three Houses. Um, and this game is very much not Three Houses. It's very anime. It's very fan servicey in both ways, <laughs> you know, um, both with uh, character designs and with, you know, just a bunch of Fire Emblem characters from previous games, like helping you up like stands from JoJo. It's really weird. Um, but I, I still think it looks pretty good. Like, you know, I, I definitely think the story is not going to be nowhere near as good as Three Houses. But I think gameplay wise, it could be pretty fun. Like, I think graphically it looks pretty good for what it wants to be like a more anime stylish game. Um, you know, the backgrounds are a lot more pastel-y looking, like a lot more colorful. Uh, which is not really what Fire Emblem associates itself with, but it's different enough to be like, yeah, that looks pretty good. And I thought, you know, graphically, Three Houses didn't look great um, because it tried to go for a realistic thing on really weak hardware. Uh, and I think this more stylized anime look looks better, um, at least graphically. Um, you know, character designs, you know, it reminds me of Xenoblade 2, and that might not be great for some people <laughs> because it's also very anime. But again, I don't mind it. I think they look fine. Um, and yeah, just from what we've seen from the gameplay, it looks like you could equip, like, your whatever Fire Emblem hero you want with, like, some ring. You say a really cheesy, like, engage! And then you, like, combine with, like, Krom or something. So, I mean, it looks like it could be fun still, like, because I think the gameplay in Fire Emblem is really hard to mess up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I still think it's going to be a good time, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, oh, and, yeah, the characters look like toothpaste, which is, yeah. like, the big thing as well, so. <laughs> yeah, the uh, hairstyles are Colgate, if you will. Um, yes, Colgate Chan. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I haven't finished Three Houses. I know that you love it, and a lot of other people I do. Love three so, houses, yeah. I, I have a huge confession to make. Every single time I play Fire Emblem games, it's always for the gameplay. Because <laughs> you know, like yeah. the story is always like secondary. Um, which is why when I was playing, I mean, that's kind of how it felt too. Like, yeah, I, like Awakening and uh, Fates, Shadows of Valentia. Like I think they're you know the stories are good enough to like read through and like have a good time. But you know, yeah, it's mostly for the gameplay, and yeah. I think. Three Houses was the first one where it's like, okay, I think the story actually is really good. Uh, yeah, which so. is why I haven't finished it because I'm like, I should really like go back and like actually listen to like what's going on. <laughs> so yeah. because because once uh, fucking Sakurai spoiled the game like the second half, oh, I was yeah. like, oh shit, like that's cool, and I was like, fuck yeah, I should I should restart that. But anyways, uh, you know, Fire Emblem Engage, it looks good. I mean, I'm not. You know, I really like Awakening. That's like one of my favorite Fire Emblem games, if not my favorite, and definitely one of my favorite 3DS games. Uh, so when I played Fates, you know, I was a little disappointed because I was like, yeah. I don't know what's exactly going on here. They did clean up some of the gameplay mechanics, but they also took away some of like the OP stuff that I was doing before within Awakening. So I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to keep playing. But anyways, um, I mean, I felt the same way. Like Fates was kind of like a like a step back mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, we're both kind of newer fire emblem fans we both started with awakening yeah. I'm, I'm sure um and you know fates was kind of a step back but shadows of valencia was really good and then yeah three houses was fantastic so 
you know, I'm hoping this one's good, but it looks like it could be a fate situation <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, you know, it's too weeby for some people. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Personally, I don't mind it. You know, obviously I fucking watch anime and I like anime, but you know, yeah. in, in a video game where the, where it's really just the game, you know, we'll see what happens. I think that it is interesting that they're doing fan service with the with the past Fire Emblem characters being like JoJo stands or some oh. shit or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so apparently this was this was like forever yeah. ago, this game, along with the character. Apparently this was supposed to be an anniversary game, but it just didn't happen. So that's probably why there's so much fan service to begin with. But it looks like they're just making it the next mainline uh, Fire Emblem. Because it's also been leaked that they're going to remake uh, another Fire Emblem game, just like Shadows of Valencia. is going to be, um, I think, the one with Roy in it, the Game Boy Advance the one. Game Boy Advance one. Because that, that was also, yeah, that was a pretty credible leak. Because they basically, everything that was said in this game is basically what happened. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's going to happen at some point. But, yeah, it looks good. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, more Fire Emblem is always good for me. I love it. Yeah. So It's yeah. going to come out uh, January 20th, 2023. Yeah, so soon. Yeah, that is what so soon. I don't get it with Nintendo and RPGs. They're like, all right, guys, uh, so here's this new RPG. It's going to come out in less than six months. Be prepared. But it's because I, I think I, there's a thing. I hate Nintendo fans because they don't <laughs> understand stuff. Because like, why are there so many RPGs? All right. Fire Emblem and um, freaking Xenoblade are both made by two separate studios, and like people don't understand that. Like Fire Emblem is made by Intelligent Soft, and uh, Xenoblade is made by Monolith. Like they could do their own thing, and they make their own stuff during all that waiting time. The reason why you don't see an F Zero every year or like a Star Fox is because that's made by Nintendo first like party stuff. Like they're I forgot what they're called, like R and D or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're busy making Splatoon, Animal Crossing, Mario, Zelda, and Pikmin. Like that's what they do. Um, you know, I'm sorry they don't like put those licenses to anything else. Like they did it with F Zero, I know F Zero, Star Fox, and then it sucked with Star Fox Zero. So they're like, okay, guess we're not doing that. So it really depends God on what damn it, Nintendo wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, Platinum. Like that, that one wasn't a hit. Um, same thing with Kirby. Everyone's like, oh, too much Kirby, but that's because Hal does it, you know. So yeah, and also like anyway. Kirby's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Kirby's not that hard. You, you want to talk about Kirby? I right, we can talk about yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're remaking Return to Dreamland. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's cool. I mean, I love Return to Dreamland on the mm-hmm. Wii. Um. But I, I think it's good. I'm surprised this game hasn't had the same conversation as The Last of Us, because The Last of Us is also like a 10 year old game. This is also like a 10 year old game. I think a little older, like maybe 12 years. Mm-hmm. But you know, it still looks good. You know, you you could get it on Wii U if you want. <laughs> no one has it on Wii U, but um. But, you know, the glow up isn't, like, as big as something like Last of Us, and it's $60, and it looks like they're just adding, oh, you can use the mech suit. Like, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I, I still don't know if it's, like, going to be worth that. I'm going to buy it because yeah. I'm a <laughs> loser, and, and I love Kirby, and I love Return to Dreamland. But I also don't know if it's going to be super, super worth it if you never, if you have played the game before. Um but yeah, I think Kirby Super fans are gonna buy it anyway, which is me. <laughs> uh, everybody liked the game to begin with. Um, but yeah, I still think uh, it, it looks good. Like I, I, I do think the game looks good, but I don't know if it's like Last of Us levels of like, wow, that's a huge graphical improvement, <laughs> you know? So yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I love Return to Dreamland as well. But I think the reason yeah. why Nintendo gets away with like remaking or reporting games from the Wii slash Wii U onto the Switch is because they're Nintendo. Like, they're just able to do yeah, whatever basically. the fuck they want. Like, they, they navigate on different rules compared to the other studios, which is why, like, when Last of Us Part Part 1 was announced, obviously there was that camp that was like, oh, I'm excited for this shit. And then there was other people that were like, 
do we really need this shit though? You know, kind of thing. So I mean, return to Dreamland Deluxe. Fuck it, I'm in. Like I don't care. I, I I'm probably gonna wait honestly, just because like I'm probably still gonna be in class and shit. So I'm gonna gonna wait until I'm done and then I'll splurge my money on everything that I want. But um, yeah, there's gonna be a new mecha ability, which is kind of cool. I thought that that was like really really dope. Just to have like yeah, it looked cool. Kirby yeah. in like a fucking mecha suit. I was like, that's. That's nice, you know? Um, yeah. People were talking about on how King Dedede just looks vastly different from the original game, which is very funny, because he does. He changes his design, like, every game now. <laughs> it's really weird. I don't know why. Um, I, I do hope uh, they actually port uh, 3D Delu- uh, yeah, uh, Triple Deluxe and Robobot as, like, a two-in-one package. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Because um, those games are also great. And might as well just put them on Switch as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's because this is, its you know, Kirby's 30th anniversary. Um, but still, it would be cool to have both of those games on Switch as well. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I still don't think it's probably worth $60. Same thing I, how I think Last of Us Part 1 isn't worth $70. They should be way cheaper than they are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're super fans or you never played the games before, I still think it's worth it. Because, you know, you're going to buy them anyway. I love Kirby. I'm going to buy it. So, you know, I'm part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, overall, yeah. I think it looked pretty good. Yeah, definitely looking um, forward to it. Yeah, so there was a lot of farming. Uh, there was a lot of farming <laughs> yeah, games. Yeah, a lot of farming uh, games. Do you want to talk about them I or not? Really, uh, there's not much to say besides um, nothing. Wait, is that, was that one? I mean, Harvestella, I don't think Harvestella is here, but Harvestella still looks cool. That that was one they announced a while ago uh, that Square Enix is making. Mm-hmm. Those are like Various Daylife, which is like <laughs> what a horrible name. But two, it, it looked pretty cool. Again, also made by Square. Square's been pumping out a lot of games. Um and yeah, it, it looks good. Um, I actually like got reminded of this game. I'm like, uh, maybe I should see some reviews of that. <laughs> I, actually, I love farming games. Like, you know, I love Stardew Valley. I love Animal Crossing, Slime Rancher. Like, I think games that are just like kind of just chill and just like play it and farm and make money. Uh, I'm down with that. And if you have RPG mechanics, that's like, ooh, yeah, that, that's pretty <laughs> sick. But I think it's just the oversaturation that made people kind of mad. So yeah. I understand. But I still think people went a little overboard. I'm like, yeah, okay, it's 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 a lot, but like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not like that mad about oh it. Oh my god, this direct um, sucks. There's too much farming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I want anything else? I want to talk about Pikmin. You, you I want to talk so? about Pikmin. I want to talk oh about yeah, Pikmin. <laughs> yeah, Pikmin. I want to talk about Pikmin. So, um, I forgot the direct was happening because I was driving to to a uh, college, and then like uh, one of our or one of the group chats that I'm a part of, they were like messaging stuff about the direct and i was like oh shit yeah pikmin pikmin 4 let's fucking go uh so <laughs> yeah i mean uh uh me talked a little bit more about pikmin bloom because i guess the app isn't doing so well because it's it's fucking pikmin obviously so like people yeah. probably don't know about it uh but it's pretty much just like a walking add-on you know you can see your steps where you walk before this sort of timeline you know there's a lot of cool features on it but is it for me hell no uh but pikmin 4 finally finally we get some some from this fucking game that Miyamoto said back in like 2015. Ten years later. 2015, yeah. he was like, yeah, we're like almost done almost with it. Rabbit. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what, what do you mean you're almost done with it, bro? Like, come on. Um, but yeah, you know, Pikmin 4, it is finally announced for 2023 release window. Uh, it is probably going to come to the Nintendo Switch, obviously, and we don't know anything else about it except for that. So I'm excited. Hopefully that uh, we get some new Pikmin to mess around with and uh, use because Pikmin 3 is one of my favorite Wii U games, if not my favorite of all time. Uh, and also that is just the best Pikmin game ever. Like that is the one Pikmin game that I 100%ed because it was just so much fun to do because they give you so much leeway with like the days and stuff. Like obviously when you first start out with, there's that time limit and you have to be very, very wary of that. But as you get further on, as long as you're like collecting fruit and like you, 
you have food for your crewmates, you can go like days and days without like, you know, fighting like major stuff and just like, just like doing like the collectathon and just like unlocking everything, which is what I did within Pikmin 3. And, and that game is on the Switch. So if you haven't played it yet, play it on there. I'm sure that the, the uh, port on there is not that bad. But my personal preferred way of playing Pikmin is with the Wiimote and Nunchuck because I feel like, like that that was the way Pikmin was made to be made to be played. So I'm curious to see on how the uh, Joy-Cons are going to play out just because, you know, there's no sensor bar. There's no, you know, sort of cursor. So, you know, I- I'm still excited. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I need to play Pikmin. I mean, I have one and two on Wii and I have three Deluxe on Switch. Mm-hmm. So I have them all. I just never played Pikmin. I think because when I was younger, it stressed me out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, a time limit. I, I got really scarred with time limits because uh, I played Simpsons Hit and Run. And I had really <laughs> awful time limits. And I, I just hated them as a kid. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. So um, no, I think it's time I actually really play all those games to get ready for Pikmin 4. Because, yeah, uh, I'm excited that people are finally getting Pikmin 4. It's been 10 years uh, Miyamoto said it's supposed to have like a new camera angle. Like you're gonna see it like a more third person type of style, okay. so that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, besides that, we don't know too much more besides that. Yeah. Besides coming out next year, so yeah, de- definitely looking forward to that. Uh, I'm happy Pikmin fans finally got something <laughs> after years of waiting, and mostly because Miyamoto just kept saying it's coming and then it never happened. So yeah. I mean, like you honestly have like the best versions to play the first two Pikmin because uh, yeah. the Wii and Nunchuck combo. Then play control. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's just so good, so so good. So um, yeah. Just excited for Pikmin. <laughs> yeah, I gotta whip out my Wii U again. Like, <laughs> all dusty and shit. Um, <laughs> so uh, I guess another surprise thing that I was like, oh, I guess that's happening is Octopath 2. Um, I really like Octopath 1 a lot. I think it kind of fell off at the end because mm-hmm. uh, it did a good job sort of having the, the eight playable character thing. But when it was time to bring everyone together, it kind of felt not great. But I still think the art style is absolutely amazing. The music is fantastic. I love the battle system. So um, having a sequel is like, yeah, that, that's pretty sick. And this particular part of Square Enix has really been pumping these games out. Um, you know, they just did Triangle Strategy. Again, horrible name. <laughs> but they did Triangle Strategy, which I also heard was really good. And now they're doing Octopath 2. And before that, they did Burglar Default 2. So yeah, they've definitely been pumping out some pretty good RPGs. So uh, definitely going to check out this game as well. Um, just so many JRPGs, man. Like, there's been a, there's been a lot that I've been really interested in. Obviously, Xenoblade Three took me fucking an eternity to beat, and I still want to play like Soul Hackers too. I don't know if I'll get to that, but maybe I will. I don't know. But yeah, there's been a lot. And but yeah, either way, Octopath Two looks good. Uh, that surprised me, and it's coming out like really soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, February twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. So uh, I guess um, I'll do these two platformers real quick. So we got it takes two yeah. uh, coming to Switch November fourth, yeah. and SpongeBob the Cosmic Shake, which is brand new. I'm assuming 3D platformer set in the SpongeBob universe. So I guess the rehydration uh, collection did pretty well to warrant a Dehydrated? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to warrant a brand new game, which is pretty cool from yes. THQ Nordic. So. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be on all platforms, obviously. It's not just going to be on Switch, but they announced it during this Direct. So, um, yeah, uh, it's going to be on previous uh, generations. It's going to be on PS4 and Xbox One. So uh, that's pretty interesting. But, yeah, I mean, a brand new SpongeBob platformer I'm down with. Yeah, honestly, like the... um I know people still like to doom and gloom, like there's no more 3D platformers, but <laughs> the last few years have been fantastic for the genre, like since like ever, like, you know, Ratchet, Psychonauts, Crash 4, uh, this, um, you know, a bunch of remakes like, you know, Pac-Man, Klonoa, like, you know, there's been a lot of like 
uh, comebacks with the 3D platformer genre. I know Klonoa isn't, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, with the with the 3D platforming genre, so it's kind of cool to see it, you know, come again with SpongeBob here. Because you know, um, I played uh, the Rehydrated for Battlefield Bikini Bottom. It's good. You know, it's very much like a PS2 platformer from what I remember. Um, so it's cool. They're gonna make a new one, probably with new controls and more modern feeling stuff. But um, yeah. Looks like it's going to be a good time from what I've seen from the trailer. So Yeah. It's probably going to be a lot of newer references that I won't get, though. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they're just going to take from like the memes that have popped up recently and stuff like that. Uh, probably. Uh, but according to Wikipedia, this is a conceptualized as a spiritual sequel to Rehydrated. So, yeah, that is uh, pretty cool. The project was greenlit following the commercial success of that game. So, exactly. Look, guys, when you support remakes and you support remasters and collections, that just shows, hey, look, we want more of this so because it did well now we get this sequel so that is pretty dope to see that it is still being played out even within 2022 2023 so yeah um and i guess some other little things like the yeah you had the xenoblade uh expansion pass new hero new quests and stuff i won't get too into it because you know it's more like oh you have to play it to get it but basically <laughs> the character that's basically like a character in xenoblade 2 like a very complex character in that game uh, which is really cool. It's basically a direct reference to that character. Um, and if it's anything like that character, it's going to take a shit ton of grinding to make them good, but they'll become really broken, so that's pretty <laughs> cool. Um, really excited to check that out. I probably won't check it out when it comes out. I'll probably wait when the next DLC wave comes out because I am I played way too much of that game and I want to play other games <laughs> right now, so that, that'll probably wait a little bit. But really cool to see that happening. Uh, Bayonetta 3 still looks awesome. Really looking forward to Bayonetta 3. Um, you know, just the game looks great. I love those type of, like, you know, stylish action games, DMC, Bayonetta, yeah. shit's great. So, um, definitely looking forward to that. And I think Platinum kind of needs a W because Babylon Fall was absolute garbage <laughs> and no one cared about it. So, I, I do think Platinum needs that that W right now. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, like Bayonetta yeah. three. You know, this is a game that we've been waiting for for years and years and years. So, the fact that it is now coming out so so soon, we are a month away. Uh, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, I cannot wait to actually finally play this game. And, you know, just like with Fire Emblem, I really don't know the story of these games. You know, they're... Oh, I don't either. That, that, that story is a fucking mess. I don't know what's happening. They're all over the place. But obviously, the combat and the hack and slash elements are what make up for it. So, um, yeah. I cannot wait to see on how this game plays out. I'm sure it's going to be more of the same with some new mechanics and some more fun things to it. So, you know, this game was announced in fucking uh, 2013, 2014. So, the fact that we're finally... or it was officially announced 2017. My my apologies, but um, yeah, it was a fucking forever. yeah. It was, it was it was it was it was a long time. So you know, now that we're finally getting around to Bayonetta three is exciting. Uh, next thing I want to talk about quickly is the Switch Online uh, expansion pass. Yeah. Uh, we get more N64 games and some good ones. So for 2022, by the end of this year, hopefully, uh, we will get Pilot Wings and the first three Mario Party games, all three from the That's from sick. the N64 era. Yeah, and I think that these are gonna have online play. Or something like that. Oh, hell yeah, so, dude. Oh, <laughs> let's go. So uh, hopefully, you know, that'll probably be very, very fun to those that have never experienced the greatest Mario Party games uh, probably of the entire series. So The Mario Party 2 is just like a 10 out of 10. So. <laughs> yeah, those Mario Party games are just really, really dope. Um, and then for 2023, we got Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. 1080. Hell yeah, dude. The, mo- the multiplayer in that game, the, the mini yeah. games. Hell yeah. Uh, and then we got 1080 snowboarding, Excite Bikes, and GoldenEye 007. Which yeah, is, that's crazy. As yeah, well. that was very surprising because that is a rareware game. So the fact that they were able to work something out with Microsoft and be like, hey, you know, like, if you want to, you know, have 
have this game on your you know virtual thing go right ahead so those will come come out sometime next year so hopefully uh, those will uh, be pretty good as well oh my apologies mario party 3 will come out 2023 but the first two will come out by the oh. end of this year which is still good <laughs> All right, so I guess really the the last really big thing, unless you have anything else to say. Uh, nah, I'm good. I I guess we'll talk about Zelda. <laughs> yeah, so Zelda finally it got it finally got the name uh, Tears of the Kingdom. So that's that's what's actually called now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be weird not to call it Breath of the Wild too because I've been saying <laughs> that for like three years at this point yeah. or something. So yeah, Tears of the Kingdom next Zelda game, um, coming out like May or something. It was like May something. Yeah, May 12, twenty twenty three. Yeah, there you go. Um, honestly, again, all these tra- I'm very excited for this game because I love Breath of the Wild. <laughs> but all these trailers for the game really is just Link free falling, and then that's it. Like they show him, he like lands on like a green goblin glider, and then that's it. Like I don't know what's going on, but it still looks really good, and I'm very excited for it. Um, and finally, it's coming out next year. Um, you know, um, Breath of the Wild was like again one of my favorite open world games ever. Uh, one of my favorite Zelda games. I still don't know if it's my favorite because I, I like Wind Waker too much, <laughs> but it's definitely it's definitely up there. Uh, and I'm definitely looking forward to see how how much they change, what they improve from Breath of the Wild. Hopefully, the weapon durability system is kind of gone because that kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess we're just gonna see because we still don't know like really anything about the game still. Like I don't know what the story is. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how the gameplay is gonna change. Um, but either way, I'm excited. Uh, you know, Breath of the Wild I think does deserve all the praise it gets because it's just that good. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully, Tears of the Kingdom could even you know could have that same energy. You know. Yeah, I mean, like this is definitely Nintendo's most anticipated game of all time. This is the one that is you know make or break kind of thing like a lot of people have their eyes on this game and people literally bought switches for breath of the wild so getting a sequel to that on the switch still is going to be pretty crazy so i'm very curious on how the open world stuff is going to play out with the uh i guess like air stuff you know being able to explore the skies if you were yeah not skylocked (laughs) uh so yeah i mean I have not finished Breath of the Wild, but I recognize that that is like a fantastic, amazing Zelda game. And maybe I'm just not a huge 3D Zelda fan. I think that that might be it. Just uh, just speed runs again. <laughs> you could do that. I could want. do that. I could do that if I really wanted to. But um, yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. I'm sure that that's why they didn't stream this on the UK. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, But yeah, Whoopsie. you know, the fact that we now have a official name, I think that that is like pretty big for people to, you know, get away from Breath of the Wild 2 because for the longest time they were like the sequel to Breath of the Wild 2. Breath of the Wild kind of thing because yeah. they don't want to call it Breath of the Wild 2, but they were like, well, this is the code name we got for it. Um, but yeah, yeah, like you said, we've been seeing just Link falling. That's it. So yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we do get to see some actual gameplay uh, between now and May twelfth. So, um, but yeah, I can I can see why people are very very excited for the game because it looks like stylistically just like really really cool with this the uh, cell shaded look and shit like that. So yeah, very excited for it. But I'm I'm gonna need to see more at this point. <laughs> All right, so that is it for this very long uh, Travis and Damien yeah. podcast episode. Oh, my Lord. It's not even an E3 episode. What the fuck? Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Uh, we will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode. Later.